Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex on landed episode number 177, and nothing on Earth changes quite so often as fashion. You won't believe what the way people, some people look. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. Do you know some of them even wear safety pins? <laughs> I don't, personally. And celery. And celery. <laughs> I wonder if he was making a dig at the second doctor at that point. Why do you say that? Because he wore a safety pin to keep his... Oh, did he? Yeah. I can oh. He always had a safety pin to keep his... Uh, oh, I, I think the bow tie was actually safety pin to the shirt, actually. Yeah. And then backpedals later to the, say earrings. The cosmic hobo. <laughs> it is actually a safety pin. I wonder if that's because he uh, couldn't, couldn't tie, tie it. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to. <laughs> couldn't be bothered with a clip on. So, safety Well, they probably didn't make them yet. Or I guess it could have traveled forward and got one. Yeah, I see. How are you guys? Good. Did you have a good week? Weekend? It's a shortened week. It was a short week. Do you hear that calm? <laughs> Does that mean finals is over? Finals is over. Yay! How'd you do? Um, how did I do? I uh, I got an A, a full blown one hundred percent on my archaeology paper well, that I turned plus. into a Doctor Who paper. <laughs> so you're gonna be posting that on the website? I suppose I could post. It's a, to be continued. I didn't finish it. I just wrote what I needed oh. to. And stopped, but the the oh, Doctor we'll Who post part one. <laughs> yeah, I can post part one if you guys really want to see it. Um, but she must have liked it because she got on. I got hundred percent on that. And then uh, I scored a B on the actual final, which is good for a B in the class. And then I uh, didn't do quite as well in my murder mystery mayhem final as uh, I did on the midterm, but it was still enough to pull an A out and get an A for that class. Very good. And I'm probably going to get an A in the art class. I haven't seen the actual grades yet. Uh, the other one's kind of out in the air. It might be a C. I don't know. Like passing regardless. Passing, passing yeah. regardless, yeah. It's, what was the other class? Um, social media. Oh. What? Yeah. It, it, it should <laughs> well, have, it, you are kind of stunted in that area. <laughs> it, it, should, it, it, should, it should have been an easy A. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Oops. It was a lot of busy work. I don't know. It depends on what she thinks of my uh, Mike's Golf Shop paper. <laughs> we sell golf. We sell golf. Clubs. Clubs. So have you done a lot of fun stuff since you've finished school for the summer? Have you done or anything since <laughs> Or did you just kind of lay low, um, go into a coma? I had wanted to, but I've worked. work still. Yeah. I'm, today is my Wednesday. Are they taking of advantage of, of you shift. now? Are yeah. They, yeah, are they going, yeah. well, okay, now you don't have school, so. Yeah, I've got six days on Ooh. before I get my next one, so wow. today's Wednesday for me. So you're only halfway there. Yeah. Not I, even halfway it's, there, it's but t- six t- Today's days. Wednesday, and I work Saturday, too, Ooh. so keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. Um, but yeah, my next day off would be Thursday this week. So I'm like, yeah, Thursday. Mark on the calendar. A day where I can do bumpkiss. <laughs> I Assignments do, no work. I'm hip deep in my next you. project. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, never, never ends. But uh, no, I've just been doing a lot of that. Mel and I did go to the movies last night and saw Godzilla. Godzilla. Is it good? Oh my God, it was so good. I can tell from your post. <laughs> I. I I'm not like a huge, huge, huge Godzilla fan, but I enjoy them. They're mm-hmm. one of those things that you kind of grew up with peripherally, and you're aware of them, and you watch them, but you don't really watch them. Right. You know? yeah. right. um, 
And I think I got more into them as I got older that I would go back and kind of watch every now and then or when AMC would do a monster, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think that's when I mostly saw them on AMC. And I will admit that I'm one of those few people that actually don't mind the Matthew Broderick 1998 film. It's not a good movie at all. Well, here's... And it's not a Godzilla I think film. as we said last it's week, a good it's monster a good movie. monster movie. It's a good action movie. It's, it's not just a Godzilla. Godzilla. It's just not a Godzilla movie. But this is a Godzilla movie. And it's done right, and it's very reverent to the, the material that came before... And it actually mentions material that came before. Well, I've so heard... They, they, they do it as kind of a sequel. I've life. heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, and, and I think you've been kind of spoiled on this as well, that the, the idea is that Godzilla actually was spotted in the 1940s and 50s. Yeah. That and was, that's where the movies kind of came well, from, was <laughs> the lore of Godzilla, and somebody decided to make a movie. So it was kind of kind of a Loch Ness idea oh, where I didn't, I didn't know he had sort part. of you know he'd been seen but nobody had really substantiated the rumors but it became such an epic um idea that the films were made based on it, the, it's, the it's, sighting it's not spelled out to that extent um it's definitely he definitely shows up in the he, he definitely 50s, shows right? up in 1954 specifically right they mentioned which that is the, the most recent trailer that came out before Goshiro the movie film. came out specifies that and then sets up the whole conflict for the actual movie instead of what we had before. Ah. Which, well, I think it's the new trailer where they comment on the fact that, uh, you know, all the atomic testing that was going on in the, in the Pacific wasn't, yeah. t- it wasn't right. testing. It was they were trying to kill Godzilla. Ah. And that he's been quiet since because they left him alone. So ah. <laughs> so they knew he was there. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's an incredibly well done and they, they balance everything just right because, you know, you're going into this and Spoiler alert, Godzilla's name's in the title, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure there's going to be a Godzilla in the movie. So when you have to tiptoe around all this, what is this mystery? Oh my goodness, look, there's a giant, you know, that part of your brain is screaming, get on with it, I know there's a monster coming! <laughs> and they do a really good job of kind of leading you up to it, and you know there's a certain amount of buildup that they have to do. And just when you get to that point when you're really railing against it, going, oh, for Pete's sake, I know... <laughs> This thing shows up, and it's not Godzilla, and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> so from that moment on, they've got you, and you're really, okay, where, where are we going with this? And it's a really intriguing one. Did uh, you guys go see it in 3D? We did not see it in 3D. And Cinema just, Blend gave it a 34 out of 35. Really? The 3D? Or? Yeah. That's, it's on their scale of, should you see it in 3D or should you not? Uh, and they said, absolutely, go see it in 3D. I, I, you know, just on the 2D presentation, I would have fought against that. There's, it must all be depth because there's nothing. Well, I think there's some flying out, but not as much. There's nothing that I remember that kind of came at the screen, and it's a very, it's a dark film. A lot of, in fact, all the battle stuff is at night, which I was a little disappointed with. But at the same time, I was like, I, I, I'm having a good time. I don't care. Um, but I would have liked one daytime <laughs> Godzilla fight. <laughs> Um, but there's 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 certain things that happen as they they happen, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. But um, there's definitely one moment that you get to, and it's like, ooh, you know, that kind of thing. And there's a lot of squee and fanboying, and, cool. <laughs> and so, so we had a great time. Mel loved it. She she was just over the moon for it, and I really enjoyed it. And just can't say enough. Ken, Ken Watanabe was awesome. Um, what's his name? Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston was awesome. Um, just just a really well well put together enjoyable film. I read a review that said this movie will launch Brian Cranston's career into action and blockbuster films oh. that he's that. Well, movie. they've already greenlit a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. I can see I can see Cranston kind of being the next 
big the, action next, the next big action star based on this. It's come a long way from Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> sure has. I never watched Breaking Bad, so I'm sure he was I good. I loved him in Malcolm in the Middle. I did, too. But yeah, uh, you don't have to stay through the credits? There's no... That's my one, my one complaint. If I had two complaints, one is that I wish Godzilla was in it a little bit more. But to combat the naysayers who are like, oh, Godzilla's not in the movie enough... If you've ever it's watched a Godzilla, a Godzilla movie. movie, he's not in them very much. They, so. they couldn't afford to have him in it too much then. Um, so that that fits right in with everything you've ever seen before. And the, the second minor little complaint I had is we said all the way through the credits, and I really wanted at the end to see Godzilla will return. Oh. <laughs> it and it wasn't there. I was like, oh no! Now I'm sad, Batman. <laughs> I'm sort of I'm sort of over the post credit sequence, with the exception of the Marvel films. Because oh yeah, I didn't need a, I didn't need a scene or anything. I just I just wanted those words: James Bond will return, Godzilla will return. That's all I wanted, but. It's not there. So totally two thumbs way, 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 way up. Go see Godzilla. It's awesome. Great. Well, I'm excited. I want to see it, but so I've got so I. much other stuff going on. I'm, I still need to see Spider-Man 2, or Amazing Spider-Man 2, and, I, and this weekend will be X-Men Days of Future Past. So that'll be, that's really? on the agenda for me. Yeah. Have you been leading up to that with anything big? <laughs> no, it's just been kind of casually Did you go back and rewatch the movies or anything? No, not really. No? <laughs> that's the other thing you did that you haven't told him about was Origins. You talked to me about it at Friday Night Who. Oh, yeah, I watched Origins. What'd you think? Uh, well, Mel and I watched Origins. Uh, Mel had seen it before, although... I thought she hadn't. She hadn't up until recently. Like, when Wolverine was at the Dollar Theater, she and Corey watched Origins. But they didn't oh, watch okay. it until after they went and saw it. And then oh, okay, okay. found out, oh, we probably should watch that one first. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not as horrible a film as everybody I know made it out to be. It's not a good one. I mean, it's... It, it it's made out bad because it's easy to pick apart. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, yeah. it's an oh, easy yeah. target. It's a very easy but it's target. not as bad as everybody. And, and I think it's because so many of the people in my circle are diehard, true blue comic book fans. That the review I get from them is, "Oh my god, it was worst well, thing ever." But the thing is, and like two thirds of the movie stays relatively parallel to the comics. It doesn't it does it's not a, it's not what happens in the comics, but none of the X-Men films were. No. But it, it it stays relative and parallel to a lot of the things. A lot of the characters are portrayed in such a way that they were portrayed in the comics and they were that was his team when he before the Weapon X program that was I mean that's all laid out and very good. The the things that they did wrong were Gambit and Deadpool. That that ultimately is where they deviated from the comics the most, and I think that's the first thing that comic book fans remember, and that's the first thing that smacks them in the face. And so suddenly, after they finish the movie, they go, "Well, you know, I just well, didn't stick to the comic it, book." It well, ends unfortunately right. with Deadpool and it going so horribly wrong. Yeah. And well, see, game, it's just in the wrong time stream. That's the yeah. problem. And, and I, I don't have a problem with that because they've always mucked with the time stream. Rogue should be way older than yeah, she actually absolutely. is. See, see, even <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But but. Just doing even, what they even, did to Deadpool is what leads to Sourdough. Her and Banshee are brother and sister in the comic books. So. Yeah. Even what they did to Deadpool, quite honestly, I was okay with it. I mean, it, it didn't... Does it suck it's, that we're not going to get okay to see Deadpool? It's okay what they did. He's not Deadpool. He's just not, He's Deadpool. Just not yeah. Deadpool, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost more like else. Mimic than, yeah. than anything. But, you know, I, it, that didn't phase me. And I actually... I didn't like the, the actor... But I liked Gambit. I thought the portrayal of Gambit was actually pretty good. The, the, the way his powers were realized and the way that the cards, like the outline <laughs> yeah, of the diamond and everything, was like, that was really cool. The way he handled the staff and whatnot, that was that was really pretty cool. But I also thought Gambit deserved a better or bigger story. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Instead of being, you know... I think the thing that really, really bugged me was just the... 
let's take all continuity, whether it's comic book or otherwise, and throw it out the window. Because it's like, well, as long as you don't really consider this to be within the same movie universe, it's okay. And then but you're, you're Xavier shows up at the end of the film. It's like, ah, <laughs> oh, man. Because yeah. you could almost believe that Sabretooth is a different Sabretooth. Like there yeah, are two yeah, people that are yeah, similar. That enough. was bad. That was bad. I thought Lee Schreiber did Lee a great Schreiber job. Lee Schreiber did a great job. And if he had been Saber Tooth from the beginning, it would have been wonderful. Yeah. But they just completely, they completely destroyed that. Yeah. Unless you give me a reason why he went blonde and dumb and grew about three feet. <laughs> yeah. You know, if he, he's got a serum and he's been pumping up on it, getting bigger progressively throughout the movie, and you led to that moment, that would have been really cool. But you didn't. At least he didn't get shot with a memory bullet. <laughs> It, it, it was it was kind of one of those things. It was it was like Revenge of the Sith. It was like, so when are you going to wipe his memory? <laughs> when are we going to have the one's memory right? I would have oh, preferred the is. procedure okay. be the that's factor. What, that's what I always thought. What, what did it? Yeah, did it. And, that's the only impression I got from the comics. That is what kind I saw. Of the impression. What's the impression the you get from the comics? It's the impression you get from the, the, the first two movies yeah. is that he wakes up out of the vat and doesn't remember anything. Right. Uh, that's how it believable. Yeah. It's but, so traumatic that it, his brain just kind of goes blank. Yeah, but instead. <laughs> We get another two thirds of the film before it's like, yeah, okay, but you know, yeah. so it's it's okay. Yeah. It's not the best. It's the lowest yeah, on yeah, the films, absolutely. but I'm I'm fine with it. It's it's quite all right, and I, I think it. I can still wedge it into the universe. I mean, it's got its continuity issues, but I can still wedge it in there and say, okay, this is. Presumably, how it starts. There's a lot of headcanon that needs to go yeah, on in the exactly. world. It's, it's real unfortunate because I would have really liked to have seen an X-Men Origin Storm, an X-Men Origin Cyclops. That was, the, that was the plan I, until that, Wolverine that didn't do well. Well, so. yeah, well, the next one they were going to do was Magneto. That was, that was right? in the talk in the longest oh. time. It was Wolverine and Magneto. Oh, see, I had heard Storm was on the neck. Was Actually, on the, I'd never heard that. Because they'd already, in fact, they'd already signed Halle Berry to do it. Oh. So. Hmm. Is that why she went over and did Catwoman? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> okay, so this is a little off topic. Mistake. I've never even watched that because I don't. I don't care. You know, I don't care. I, 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 I did watch it, and I, I literally got to the point where there's a big fight at the end, and you've got Halle Berry and Sharon Storm. They're both wearing tight leather, rolling around on the floor, having a cat fight, and I couldn't even get excited over that. <laughs> That's how bad that film is. <laughs> Our poor listeners, I, I, we will get off this comic book movie tangents that we do every week after week. After all the comic book films. Once the summer's over. Once the summer's over. So, well, there'll be kind of a, uh, probably a lull there between X-Men Days of Future Past and Guardians of the Galaxy. Because yeah. we've got a three or two although, months. Although Monday we get a new trailer. We do. We're counting down to the trailer. There's a trailer for a trailer. We're getting teasers for the trailer. Yeah, there's teasers for the trailer. I think that's just, wow. I'm so tired of it. Uh, oh, it's incredible marketing. No, no. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm incredible marketing. I'm, tired of it. I'm all over it. Just give me the stupid trailer. No, I'm, I'm ready. Um, so what, then if I'm going to watch all the teasers, why, why, why bother watching the full trailer? What's worse? When you have an, an actor who comes in and is now established as character X in this universe, who then goes on to play another character in the same cinematic kind of bubble for the same company... Or when they jump ship and go to the other side, and you well, know, it worked fine for uh, Chris Evans. What do you mean? Well, like, okay, Chris Evans is an example. Chris Evans was fire, uh, Johnny uh, Storm. Johnny Storm in, in Fantastic Four, right. and then later he's Captain America. Now right. they're both Marvel universe, they're both Marvel movies, but separate, separate bubble universes. universes. Is that a, a a transgression 
versus Halle Berry, who played Storm oh, in the Marvel it. Universe, then going to play Catwoman in a well, DC. Another example, but, but again, that's kind of still an offshoot another thing. Another example was, would that's be an offshoot of an offshoot. Ryan yeah. Reynolds to Ryan Green Reynolds Lantern. going from Deadpool to Green Lantern. Oh, he even went from Marvel, Marvel being Blade Trinity, even yeah. though it's a new character, Deadpool then Green Lantern. Yeah, he's good. That I'm okay with. Because it's hard it, to rationalize Marvel uh, well, <laughs> or uh, Blade as Marvel. Well, new character. That that well, that excuses it. But once you're an established as I'm aware, character, I could, be, I could be completely wrong. You could be an established character in the comics. Yeah, I I've never that's read the true. comics. But once you once I never read any once you, once you're a superhero, once you put on the cape and you be so and so, I kind of feel like you are then excluded from being any other superhero character. Like you're done. That was it, and you, you you're done now. But that means we wouldn't get Nathan Fillion as anybody well, else. Well, Ben Affleck as Daredevil and Batman. It's just kind of what one of those... Nathan Fillion been in a comic book world? Oh, not, well, he was a superhero, not a comic book superhero. Captain Hammer. That's he was also the voice of Green Lantern, well, if you want to go that there's, route. But. There's been a lot of voices. Yeah, so, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things that's kind of like, uh, But then sometimes it works, because I really think Chris Evans was great as Johnny Storm. He's and he's been great work. as Captain and, America. And he has so. played them as two different... Yeah. Very two different sides of a coin. So, yeah. we were just talking about that at work. That's a good I question. Like, I, I never really thought that much about it. If somebody from X Men went over and played in Man of Steel or Batman or something like that, then I might have a better judgment. But Halle Bay or Barry going over and playing Catwoman, <laughs> which isn't even, which is nothing like Catwoman from the DC Comics. I mean, it would no, be, no problem. It'd be like if Scarlett Johansson was suddenly announced as the new Wonder Woman, right? It would right. Be, It'd be it'd be wrong. It'd be it's harder. Wrong, darn it. It'd be harder if it were the same companies like like Chris Evans, and they then tried to fit it into the bigger universe yeah. where it's the same actor. Yeah. That won't work. In fact, uh, Lego Marvel pokes fun at Chris Evans being both roles. One but, of the, one of the, no way, one really? of the achievements is having. Human Torch and Captain America on a team co-op, <laughs> <laughs> and that's fun. And it's titled "Don't I Know You?" Ah, <laughs> nice, nice. Apparently, I don't have that one. So, oh, now you know to get yeah, it. I'll have to get that one because you can I get it. You can get it really early on. I need to catch back up, especially before the Hobbit games come out. So. James postulated, and, and, and oh, is it out now? Yeah, James postulated. I need to play Lego movie idea too. That um, if if they were smart, that Fox and Sony would actually team up. And, and kind of try and create I've been saying that all a, a Spider-Man Fantastic Four X-Men universe that's all one continuity yeah, just to compete with. Well, they're already built, trying to build Spider-Man as his own universe as it is. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think they're doing a very good job from what I've heard. But, you, well, don't have to, you don't have to do a buddy film for a long time. Well, just, no, not a buddy. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. You don't have, you, I think eventually you, you, that's your goal. Yeah, that's eventually what you shoot you get for as a buddy long film. Term. But you don't have to do that. You can, you can just drop characters in from here cameos. to make them cameos establish some continuity, some continuum, and then once you gauge the reaction, which is going to be immensely huge, then you do your buddy movie. Yeah. And you both finance it. You're equal partners. One person distributes it worldwide. One person distributes it des- d- domestically. You you just iron all of that out ahead of time. You make sure that your contracts with Marvel, Square, and which that might be the, the tough thing is, is cross-promoting those because... Marvel, who has a hand in it as well, already inked out the character rights, and so there would have to be some legal wrangling there to get Wolverine in an X Men film. In fact, I'm I'm a little surprised that, or I'm sorry, Wolverine in a Spider Man film. But 
I was a little surprised that they were able to attach the trailer to the end, but apparently they, that went well. Oh, that, well, was, so, well, that was that was all the director. But it's so, still. But it worked. But the, the point is, it's still attached. They to were a they film were able to do it. Yeah, there, there, there was a whole forest of chem that was destroyed for the paperwork to get yeah. that to happen. <laughs> but it, it, it's possible, and since Marvel's setting up their own universe, they may not be as nice at letting that happen if they realize, well, that's competition. Yeah. Even the competition with themselves because they're making money <coughs> off of these films that Fox and Tony. Oh, well, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I'm sorry. What else did you guys do this week? Um, I didn't do too much since Wednesday. Uh, Friday, the <laughs> First Lady was in town. And so that was just an immensely... It wasn't even stressful. It's just an, It was just an immensely exhausting day. It was day. stressful for the first part. At least for me. Because I had trouble filling my show sure, because there was sure. nothing local. In it. Right, Because right. <laughs> all of everything was been, later. It had been immensely tough for you because you have such a large, yeah, hold feel fill in the five and five thirty, yeah. and there wasn't a lot going on. Yeah, but all of the coverage was planned for that. So. Yeah, and now a dancing puppy. <laughs> and it wasn't difficult by any means, but Friday night when I got home, I was exhausted. I don't know why. I was just I didn't do anything physically. It was I think it was just more of the emotional and the. And I don't like. I say it's not stress. It was just exhausting. Did you actually time. join us for Friday night? Who, well, you, I did. You I was there. Started. That's where I. That's where I'm gone. going because I was there for the first two episodes and then I fell asleep. So, <laughs> uh, so I finished watching it on Saturday, and it was one of those ones that I I couldn't remember a dang thing about it. Even looking at the characters on the cover, I could not. I could not place it. I could not place the film. And it wasn't until he put the helmet on to go outside into the uh, ship that I went, oh, this is the one with the spacewalk. And then it all kind of started flooding uh, back in. And I remember well, that was pretty it. late in it. So it was one of those, <coughs> once my realization that I had seen it at least once, and there was a chance that if I didn't see it this weekend, I could do it from recall, my brain shut down after the <laughs> second episode, and I went to sleep. Oh. But I went ahead and booted it up on Saturday and watched the, sec- the other two parts. Um, the... We did do the tweet along to X Men First Class. Oh, that's right. We did. I forgot. That was oh, before I was, Friday. I forgot that. That was from Thursday night. We did X Men First Class, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, we had that was a lot. Of fun. We had a good turn. Pretty big. Yeah. Pretty good turn. I forget how good that movie. is. Oh, Happy I Birthday, Chrissy! By the way, who it as often. turned First Sunday okay. so, or Saturday? Saturday. Turned, it was her birthday Saturday. Is, it's not polite to ask for her age, but she yeah, doesn't so even Happy have birthday movies. to her! That just all that muddled together reminded me it was a birthday <laughs> and then uh, so yeah we did that on Thursday Friday was Friday Night Who and Michelle Obama and then Saturday we didn't do a whole lot the kids and I and Holly we the kids wanted to eat outside so we cooked uh, hamburgers out on the grill and we ate outside and then on our like little picnic table in the back and then we've had this fire pit that we bought two Christmases ago we bought it Black Friday actually before two Christmas ago, two Black Fridays ago. And we bought it, and we got it super cheap as one of those deals, and it sat in the box in our basement for like eight to nine months. And I'd never put it together, never put it together. I was like, okay, we gotta get that out and put it together. So I put it together, and so last fall, we dug it out and put it together, and we decided that we were gonna use it. Well, by the time we got around to using it, it got so late, and I tried to build a fire in it, and it was just, it wasn't going right, and it just, it, w- it wasn't working. So. I gave up on it. Decided I think I had my some wood that was just too had too much green in it still. Uh, so it's been setting out there all winter. And then we were looking at it and I said, you know what, we should fire the fire put up and we'll make s'mores. And so that's what we did. We we started a fire, we made s'mores. The kids had never had s'mores before. And, uh, did they like them? Uh, Caitlin loves them. Mason just likes roasting marshmallows. So <laughs> Holly and I ate his s'mores. 
Um, but he just kept going back to it with marshmallows going back. And we're like, okay, we're, we're going to have too many s'mores, s'mores for any of us to eat. So, um, so nah, we did that. Just, just marshmallows. <laughs> today was uh, not much. I got the – actually serviced my lawnmower finally. So now it's running like brand new. Um, got the backyard knocked down again because the yard's growing so fast <laughs> with all the rain and decent weather we've had. And then uh, that was pretty much it. Today, uh, tonight we went out to dinner with some friends, and that's been the extent of my weekend. Huh. Keith, what'd you do? Uh, well, this was the last weekend my sister was in town. So uh, last uh, Saturday night, I cooked uh, dinner. We had chicken tortellini and apple muffins. Apple muffins. Apple. She was a little dis- bit dismayed that it was from a box. But, well, you know, she's a pastry chef. Never look behind <laughs> the counter. <laughs> pay, uh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> but and she actually said they were pretty good for coming from a box. <laughs> <laughs> That's high compliment from a pastry chef. It is. Uh, <clears throat> and then, because Sarah was interested in watching it, we watched the Pirate Fairy. How was it? It was actually pretty cute. It was. I expected it to be aimed at kids way down here, and it was actually a little higher than that. Was it as much fairy as I expected? Like, there's the band of them, but it's more about the pirates in the story than anything else. Tom Hiddleston does a good job as Hook. I imagine the rest of the pirate or the rest of the fairy movies are probably maybe a little, a little Megan, more fairy oriented. Megan loves all of them, so it's hard to tell what she. <clears throat> If she's biased by it, but she says this is probably one of her favorites of See, the fairy I, movies. Of all of them, that's the only one I haven't seen yet. So they're 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 all quite enjoyable. Sarah's interested to go and watch them. Yeah, all they're now. they're and the bunch of them are on Netflix. Yeah. by the way. So yeah, um, I know my, the first couple are. My kids both have, have gone through them and, and and like them a lot. And they're they are they're they're quality movies for being most of them. All, well, all I was, of them I was pretty impressed TV. by this animation in this one too. I don't know if they, they put more money into it or if they just got a better. If they got better at it, but it was nearly theater quality. I think they've animation. all. I think they've all been of equal quality. Since really? The beginning, yeah, wow, so. that's impressive. <clears throat> it, I think the first one is just called Tinkerbell. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so it does. It does some nice nods to Peter Pan in it, especially with uh, James Captain James. It doesn't have a hook yet, so he can't be Hook. <laughs> oh, is it a prequel? Yeah, it's, I did, I, it's, it's a prequel. Uh, I guess all the Tinkerbell movies are prequels to Peter Pan. Ah. Yeah, it's before this, she's... This one, it has James and a baby croc who gets a croc in his stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nice. And at the, uh, I don't want to spoil the very end because it's a nice little cameo. Okay. And then we took my... Oh, we went to lunch today and went to AJ's. New York pizza, she, which we've been telling my sister about this the whole two weeks she's in. We've got to go have AJ's. We've got to go have AJ's, and she never got to it until today. <laughs> <laughs> and then we took her back to the airport and came back in time for shows. It was kind of low-key, relaxing weekend, but it was sure. nice to spend some family time before she went back. Yeah. The other thing I did was 100% on Lego Marvel. Hey, nice. Thank you. Ended up staying up to like 4 o'clock in the morning Friday night. <laughs> You're back ahead of me. We keep seeing, we seem to leapfrog each other. <laughs> well, you start things. the game and then fall off, and then I just pound at it until I finish it. Those well, races, you, were, you you got. I got that at Christmas. Yeah, so but it, you got. I was I was going back through. And you got Pirates of the Caribbean done before me. Yeah, you were in the middle of Lego Clone Wars, or Star Wars Three Clone Wars, and I bounced past you that on yeah, that, even though I started right. later than you. Yeah, and then. 
Harry Potter, I think I got done before you. You probably did. Lord of the Rings, I think. Oh, I haven't finished Lord of the Rings either yet. So, so I've gotten that yeah, before you. So you're actually to it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Now that I'm out of school, I'm looking forward to going back and... I, I don't I, know. Maybe I could finish Harry Potter or... Um, you're still working through the first one, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's two. I know. Oh, okay. I'm trying to figure out what game I'm going to do next. Um, but I... I love it. Well, no, I don't have that one yet, so I have a stack of games I haven't played yet. Oh, I see. So because of Lego stuff. Well, just Marvel because games. I haven't been playing as much as I used to. Uh, oh, I think I finished Batman before I, you did. Oh, Batman two. No, I know you started Lego Batman two before me. But I finished. After I want to say I ended maybe up you did plowing through it. I think you finished the story. You always finish the story. Yeah, I usually me. have the story done before you. And then it's when you get in the free play and the. Hub stuff that's is where you fall right. off. That's probably right. I, I complained and complained about the races before. They really aren't as bad as you, I thought they were. Um, some of them on Marvel, right? Yeah, yeah. On some of them, the trick is cheating and bumping into the guy that you're racing so they don't get the boost. I didn't think that. And then going ahead of them, I didn't think like that. the Maria Hill one <laughs> on the her- helicarrier. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, <laughs> off with, the edge. There you go. <laughs> Finish that race. And for like the silver, have you done the Silver Surfer race? I tried. I think it did it. I started it once. Green Goblin. Okay. I don't know why, but something about the way his flying mechanisms work, it works better. Well, it's going to work the same concept as the Silver Surfer. Exactly. So, yeah. so, and then just doing the double boost to get ahead of him works really well. Okay. So, I'll try that. Yeah, I, I stayed up till like four in the morning and had two races left to do and had to call it quits and then ended up finishing them last night. Um. Also. For anyone who wants to join along on Tuesday, we will be doing the tweet along to Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. The poll has closed. Tuesday, May 20th, by a resounding four votes to one. So Tuesday we'll do that. Wednesday we'll do Wolverine. The Wolverine. The Wolverine. I probably won't join for that one. You've been there every week. I know, but I just watched it. So disappointed. I know. But I finally picked up World's End at the library, so now I can finally see that. You still haven't seen? I World's still End? haven't seen wow. World's End. I never made it to the theater. Are you talking to about see the it. Pirates movie? No. Oh, I'm talking about the Simon Pegg Coronado trilogy movie. Oh, 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 oh! The what? World's you haven't seen? I know. That? I never got around to it. Oh my gosh! I went to the theater and saw that. I, I wish I, I. That's the only one I didn't go see in the theater. Mm, so good. I look forward to watching it. So that's what I'm probably <laughs> going to do. Wednesday, while well, your guys are watching Wolverine, <laughs> either that or Gojira, because I have that on my sh- uh, Gojira, Gojira coffee table. Oh, okay. Because it's, it's not that was not on Netflix. I had to watch. The it's crappy, on Amazon. I had to watch the crappy Godzilla King of Monsters because uh, the original Gojira is on Cam- Amazon Prime, which I discovered after I picked it up at the library. Yeah, I don't have. Prime I'm really now. tempted to buy the Criterion. I have no money, but I looked at it more. I think because we discussed it. I think the Criterion is the actual. 54 version. Doesn't have both of them. On. I don't think it has both. Because it's Godzilla King of the Monsters is how they re-released it for the I US. thought it still had Raymond Burr in it. But maybe no, not. the original did not have Well, Burr. I mean, but... Oh, the Criterion? Yeah. Well, it, the, actually, I watched... That, that's not true. It's not on It's not on Amazon. Or it's not on Netflix. The Criterion version is on um, Hulu. That's where uh, I watched it. And it's just King of Monsters. It's not Gorgira. Yeah, that's the one that's on Amazon, yeah. King of Monsters. So yeah, the Criterion version, at least on Hulu, is on. But they've added a whole bunch of other ones to Netflix, so I think I might try to watch a couple more because the fault, the actual Japanese follow-up, I think, is on 
Netflix. Godzilla 1985. Not one. yet. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that one. Best one ever. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that one very well. It's ridiculously fun. Of course, I also like the Godzilla 2000. See, I don't know if I saw that one either. I kind of fell he, off he, with my Godzilla. He, fi- he fights a UFO, and it's, it's really cool. It's one of those that you watch and you go, for a Godzilla movie, this has got some awesome special effects. <laughs> There's a flying saucer and ray beams and all kinds of digital stuff, and a guy in a rubber suit. <laughs> Just like the, the follow-up is Godzilla Reigns Again. That one's on Netflix. Oh, man. They won't let me sign into my Disney movie reward. Like They're having problems tonight. I just know Did you have a problem? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. That's not just But more importantly, Planet of the Apes on Tuesday. Conquest. Conquest. Planet of the Apes. Uh, that's all I did this week. Cool. According, according to the... Just FYI. According to the official Criterion Collection website... The original 1954 Japanese version is presented here, along with Godzilla King of the Monsters, oh. the 1956 Americanized version. So it's on the oh. disc back So it's on so it's both just streaming yeah. on... Yeah. One so one. now I'm even more tempted to go ahead and splurge and spend the money on Godzilla. Hmm. How much is it? And there are probably some... Criterion usually has really good bonus features, doesn't yeah. it? You can go... By the way, sometimes you can go to Criterion's site and get really deep discounts. So I would check there first. I mean, you, obviously, if you get it used at... Venture stock, you're probably yeah. paying the same or less. But Suggested retail for the Blu-ray is 39. Criterion's price is 31. Okay, yeah, but uh, you keep checking Criterion because they just peri- I've noticed that they periodically put a bunch of stuff, and I'm surprised it hasn't come down further because they usually put stuff on in promotion to something well, yeah. else that's right. connected, whether it be an actor, whether it be in the same genre, whether it be in the same scope. So I'd keep checking back, especially as popular as. Godzilla is going to be this weekend. And oh, they yeah. may Monday go and let's the, bring that down a little more and see what we with can. The out. announcement of a sequel, yeah. Of, yeah. But thirty one might be as far oh, down as they're going to go because they're going to do Hard Day's Night. Criterion is. Yeah, Amazon does have it for twenty nine ninety eight on Blu ray, so oh. it's not too much cheaper. Yeah, scanners. All right, well, let's move on to news. There's absolutely nothing on this news. website I need. What are you doing to me, Glenn? Doctor Who 50th Anniversary Story, Day of the Doctor, has won the Radio Times Audience Award BAFTA Award. Yay. Yay. <laughs> like we had any doubt it was going to win. What did it win? The, ra- the, the award it was up for. What was it? <laughs> the Radio Times Audience Award. Ah. I don't know what that means. Radio Times probably sponsors the... It last won Popular the Audience award. award in 2006 when it was given the Pioneer Audience Award for oh. Best Program of 2005. I think that was the last time it was up for it. It's kind of a crowd favorite is what that award is. Hmm. Congratulations to them. That's great. It's good to see Doctor Who still pulling some sort of awards in, even though it's been off our TVs for four months now, five months now. Uh, David Bradley also won an award, but not for Adventure in Space and Time, but for Broadchurch. All right, what's next? Another casting announcement for Series 8. So, spoilers, if you don't want to know, that Frank Skinner is going to be on the show. If you know who that is, I'm impressed. Who is it? Uh, is there he, possibly anything that I would know him No. He, he was one of the Dalek operators in the Five-ish Doctors. Oh, that's who. That that's Frank Skinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The UK will recognize him. He's a Room 101 presenter um, and does a lot of uh, comedy. 
He's joining an episode that also features the return of two classic series guests, Janet Henfrey, who previously appeared as Mrs. Hardacre in the Seventh Doctor story at Curse of Fenric, and Christopher Villiers hails back to the Fifth Doctor's era, appearing as Hugh in The King's Demons. Other guest stars for the episode include... David Bamber from Rome and What Remains, and Daisy Bu- Beaumont, The Armstrong and Miller Show, A Touch of Cloth, and You, Me, and Them. It's kind of fun to get new actors and actresses back, and the reason I say that is because that was a that was a frequent thing that happened in the classic series, and so oh, it's yeah. one just one more of those things that kind of ties it together, ties the new series and classic series together. Is this, you know it's it's old routines that we that they've done in the past doing that again. Yeah. It's kind of cool. That's it for news. Let's move on to feedback. Feedback. First up, Holly. She writes, Dude, Ford Doomsday and Tip of the Tongue. Hey, guys. Ford of Doomsday. A Doctor, Nissa, Tegan, and Adric story. I have to say I enjoyed this one as it's their second outing together. Still have to watch The Keeper of Track and myself. It's on my to-watch pile. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> just, just shut up. <laughs> Not you, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> me. yes, I face palmed in the middle of that, and <laughs> kind of let the cat out of the bag with that one. That's all right. I've known that for how long I'm now? Sure you. <laughs> you didn't know nothing. I mean, nothing. I don't. I was so confused by what you she was talking don't about. Know nothing. This is the master and keeper talking. Shush. <laughs> the Herbakins seem nice at first, but I got a bad feeling about Monarch within the first few minutes of their interactions with him. Persuasion and enlightenment make quite the tag team of henchmen. The doctor and the others finding out that uh, bygone, 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 and quite that bygones be bygones. <laughs> bygones be bygones. Of the others are just actually androids. The plot twist I didn't see coming, and the special effects were decent considering the time it was filmed. Adric slid back in the state of decay proportions when he was about to have a knockdown drag out fight with Tegan over the Cardis key. Get on, Tegan, for wanting to get the heck out of Dodge and onto the TARDIS. I loved how she, uh, she also dug out the TARDIS manual to see if she could get it, if she couldn't get it operating. The TARDIS must have quite a few of them handy, or rematerializes them. <laughs> because I thought the fourth Doctor had thrown them out, the manual out the door at one point in time. That is now official retcon. Is that every time the Doctor destroys a TARDIS Type Forty operator's handbook manual? Sexy reintegrates another one and leaves it for him to trip. She's got over. backups. She's got backups of backups. Uh, really like the scene between the Doctor and Adric when the Doctor was planning their escape. He put Adric on notice that he wasn't going to tell him a thing unless he was on their side. Can't say I don't, I don't blame the Doctor and in the least for being a bit harsh on this and heck even gun shy. This incarnation of the Doctor has at, had at least one companion trying to kill him, and that's one too many in the Doctor's book. Tip of the tongue. All in all, not too bad of a story. Very Doctor and Nissa light until the end. This one was probably one of the creepiest of the short stories so far. Something that you put in your mouth and it speaks the truth for you. Uh, no thank you. Then finding out at the end that these little creatures were slaves for the alien race that was in the skies in the town that the Doctor and Nissa landed in was quite interesting. We got a brief mention of both Adric and Tegan. I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on these two stories. Holly from Wisconsin. 
Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Thank you. Always great hearing from you. Up next is Chrissy. Chrissy writes, The fifth will be with you. Always. <laughs> that was my Alec Guinness. Not a very good one. I'm sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> and a little tipsy. That <laughs> Suck that bag down all too quick. Drink it through a straw, too. <laughs> Brain doesn't need sleep. Brain just needs to stay wet. Dear Vortex Boys, I don't know about the rest of you, but it's a miracle I survived the TV finale season. I won't discuss spoilers, since I don't know what everyone watches or what they're caught up to yet, but I think the creators of all of my favorite shows are trying to kill me this year. <laughs> Except for Once Upon a Time, with the exception of one small scene at the end, that entire things was just sweet and lovely and happy, and I'm really excited for season four. Not that you guys are interested in that, I'm just stating an opinion. I think I know what she's talking about. You guys are still watching it, nope. aren't you? Oh, you're not? Nope. You're just, but I know what she's talking you about. You gave up I on it? I gave up after season one. Yeah. I gave up when the show gave up, or when the group gave up on it. Yeah. I, Actually, I gave up on it long before then. I skipped it. <laughs> Whenever I skipped shows, I didn't even try to catch up. Yeah. I, it's not my bag, baby, really. I, Chrissy, I feel your pain, and I don't think I've survived it yet because I still have season finales to get to. <laughs> no, that's another thing I did this week. I watched the Arrow season finale, which was phenomenal. Did and you? Yes, Chrissy, you should watch it. You should watch the series. We, we watched it at shows. Mel didn't think you knew. You know they're doing a Flash show. Series. I heard they're doing a Flash show. Okay, yes. there's a trailer for it. Now. It's yes. like five minutes God, long. The Arrow was so good. Sorry. Trophy wife was good. <laughs> Surprisingly, no, it's a really good show. I really I'm liked sad. Dancing with the Stars this I'm year. I'm sad it's gone. It didn't make a. It didn't, didn't make the cut. It no. didn't make the cut. It, and it's a shame. It should have. It was find one of the best sitcoms on TV the past year, I think. A lot of people say that about the, the uh, crazy ones. That one was really good too. And they didn't make it either. But it wasn't. I, it was funny, but I, don't, I didn't consider it a sitcom. It was a half-hour dramedy. Because it's David E. Kelly. It's not just straight comedy. You watch a lot of TV. I know. I don't watch any TV. <laughs> Which, I, I got to the fina- season finale of that and didn't even know it was the season finale. <laughs> even the guest starred Mary Lou Henner, I didn't realize it was the season finale. <laughs> one more episode. There aren't any more. No! I was like, huh, there's no new one this week. That's weird. <laughs> Maybe next week. <laughs> I didn't know when I watched uh, the... Uh, uh, Best of Both Worlds Part 1 <laughs> that it was a series finale. Oh. So I waited for the next time on Star Trek and there wasn't. It was just credits. And I'm like, well, there's always a... <gasps> no! <laughs> I have to wait all summer! It's terrible. Uh, sorry, Chrissy. <laughs> she continues. I don't know if you've all seen the IDW Comics humble bundle thing but it's a pretty sweet deal i only bring it up because it includes a code to get all the doctors they've released so far in doctor who legacy plus you get a ton of comics that would normally cost over seven dollars but you get to decide how much you pay also a portion of the proceeds are going to to charity so you can't go wrong with that and here's the link which glenn will include in the show it's funny we uh, keep brought it up last week to put in news and i was like "Mm, it's what it is so yeah. She I, gave us the link. Now that Glenn there's a link, we'll show the show. <laughs> he was just waiting for somebody to do the work for him. Speaking of our favorite time waster, Doctor Who Legacy is kicking my butt. I cannot for the life of me get past that the Beast Below Tower of London level. Is that a level? <laughs> That's how far I'm in. Every time I get to the final wave, that last Beast Tentacle thing kills my whole team in one blow. 
Even with my lo most leveled up team, even with a full health bar, it still beats me at the very end. I'm really frustrated with it. So I've been going back and leveling up weaker players in early levels and just to have something to do. Yeah, there was no point discussing that, except you've all talked about Legacy really recently, and I keep forgetting to add my two cents. So there's that. I did. I don't remember that one. She must be further along than me. <laughs> I haven't picked it up recently. I'm getting my butt kicked by the adipose. I'm not even to that level. Stupid little fat sacks. They can't. <laughs> <laughs> I get, you start out. You start with wave one, and it's just one of those little buggers. And I can finally get him down. And then you get two of the little buggers, and then I can finally defeat that one. And then I get three of the little buggers, and that's really hard to get past. But if you do, you get past it, and then you get a reaper. And then the reaper is really hard because it just individually stuns everybody on your team. But then if I can manage to get him done, then you got one of those time eddies or fissures or whatever the the paradox. The, the, the cloud, yeah. And that on me is the one that hits me once, and my entire team is dead. And that is driving me nuts because it's hard enough to get to that point, to get to that wave on the level, mm. and then to just get there, take one shot at the thing, do no damage, and then pow. Oh, that's so frustrating. Would you like to continue using a time so crystal? Frustrating. And I, no, I don't. I, I don't. I don't want to beat this game that way. I've only accidentally done that once. <laughs> I did it several times before I realized what I was doing on well, the time that level. Well, was way back on the. Well, this isn't even a timed level. That's what's annoying. Um, I did start season five, and I've got about I don't know five or six levels in, but that's as far as I've gotten because I've kind of realized that yeah, I'm not ready for season five yet. As, as ready as I was for season five, I'm not ready for season five. So I'm going back and unlocking more six and leveling some people up. So real quick, if you don't mind, I want to throw a shout out to the Off Broadway Theater and Laughing Stock in Salt Lake City. I think I've talked about them before. They're a comedy improv group that does original parody plays based on pop culture things, and they are hilarious. I went to their show, American Captain, the first to avenge for my birthday yesterday, and I've never laughed so hard. I also went to their production of Doctor Who last year, which was a parody of Doctor Who. They have ways of writing around characters' names and copyrighted stuff and things like that. And that one was a lot of fun. One show they've got coming up is Downton Dead, which is a mashup of Downton Abbey and The Walking Dead, which ought to be good as well. If you're ever in town looking for something fun to do, I highly recommend them. Here's their website. And I do remember Chrissy talking about how much she enjoyed Dr. Yu yeah. uh, last year for her birthday. So, enough of the chit-chat. Let me do my hooray, it's fifth Doctor Month, happy dance, and then head into my reviews. <laughs> Tip of the tongue. First off, the story itself is fine. Interesting alien creature, interesting concept of making people tell unpleasant truths about each other and feeding off the negative energy that comes from that. It's a well-thought-out premise. However, this story could have used, been used with any Doctor. And because this was supposed to be a fifth Doctor story, I kind of take that personal. <laughs> I want five to get a story like two or three or even four had, a story that played to my Doctor's strengths and actually celebrated my Doctor the way he deserves in a 50th anniversary short story. But we don't even get the Doctor and Nessa properly introduced until about 75% of the way into the story. At least that's the percentage my Kindle app gave me. All there is to distinguish the fifth Doctor from any other Doctor and his companion is in a few characteristics is that they look at him from the surface and don't go into any sort of depth with him. Yes, I know this is a short story, but my goodness, how much character exploration did the third Doctor get in his story? <laughs> I'm even more than a little annoyed that my Doctor got the short end of the shift in this story. I guess I'll stick with the 50th anniversary reprint novel they gave the fifth Doctor, which is Fear of the Dark. And it is probably one of the best Doctor Who novels I've ever read. Tip of the tongue is mediocre at best, insulting at worst. Granted, I probably wouldn't be so hard on this story, normally because it's an okay story. But for heaven's sake, it's the fifth Doctor! <laughs> I'm going to be extra picky about these things. 
four to Doomsday. I enjoy this story for the fact that it shows off a lot of Team TARDIS, which is not an easy feat to achieve in this era. This is the only the, this is only the Fifth Doctor's second story, but you get the feeling that he's ready to go at this point. Peter Davison gets to show off gets to, yeah, and Peter Davison gets to show off a lot of how his Doctor is going to be. Nissa is wonderful. If anyone ever wonders why I like Nissa so much, all they need to do is watch this story and watch what she does. Most of what she does is simple and quiet, but that is certainly in keeping within her character and what makes her so much fun to listen to in Big Finish. It's also good for Tegan and Adric, because this really sets the tone for what their time in the TARDIS is going to be like, for better or worse. I particularly like the scene when Adric is being petulant and giving a master class in, to quote the immortal words of Sean Collins, being the worst companion ever. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> and then the Doctor gives him a total verbal smackdown because the Doctor's just plain sick of his crap. I love Tegan suddenly becoming a fashion designer on the spot, plus her fluency in Australian Aboriginal language. I love the Doctor bowling a cricket ball to propel himself through space. Physics be darned, it's a fun scene. I love Nyssa saving the day through science, but not really making a big deal out of it because that's just not her way. In her own way, the crowded team... T- in their own way, the crowded... Yeah. In their own way, the crowded team TARDIS really shines here. The story itself is quite creative, too, blending a bunch of different Earth civilizations on one spaceship, except they're all androids. It's like a living museum or even an archive, which appeals to the librarian side of me. (laughs) After the mighty frog people are defeated and the Doctor helps Bygone and company find a new planet to live on, I kind of wonder how all those different civilizations melded together to get a hybrid of ancient Greek, Chinese, Mayan, and Aborigine culture. Points for creativity, guys. That's it for me. Thanks to everyone for the birthday wishes on Saturday. I really had a great day, and it was fun to start it out with a fifth Doctor Friday Night Who. One would almost think you did that on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Happy It's Almost Summertime, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Thanks, Chrissy. Didn't you just have snow like last week, Chrissy? That was Brittany. Was it Brittany? Okay. It's almost summer, I guess. It's summertime (laughs) somewhere, so I'll celebrate with you. It hasn't felt like it here, that's for sure. We're kind of going back into a... It almost feels like fall. Yeah, it's, very, it it's been nice. very brisk. I'm not complaining at all. We had one day of like 90, and it's like, yay, it's cold again. I'm digging the weather. It's warm in here tonight, though. My goodness. Yeah, sorry. And they, well, it's been so nice, the AC has been off. Well, I don't yeah. blame you for having the AC off. And then we haven't been home all day because we were in the car taking my sister to the airport, so the windows weren't open. We might have to open that door or something. <laughs> Either that or I'm taking off my pants, so I'll let you guys decide. Please open the door. (laughs) (laughs) We really do need to figure out a time to just go set up on the balcony. Yeah. (laughs) And disturb all of your neighbors. Oh, they're all asleep. (laughs) Hold on, everyone. No, the the jerks down the hall do that enough, Ah. so. So, we'll be be nothing compared to them. Yeah, because, well, it is a work night, I guess. Well, shall we move on to our reviews? Let's do it. What are we doing first? Let's do four to doomsday. Four, two. You don't. You don't, you don't want to start. With I four just two? want to get the crappy one out of the way first. I just realized now that I didn't have my uh, synopses pulled up, pulled up for tip of the tongue. Oh, so. we, whichever, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Tap dance. Tap dance. Happy feet. I've got those happy feet. And when that low down beat begins, they be, they start dancing. Have I tapped enough yet? Almost. 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 <laughs> Raise your hand if you visualized Kermit doing it. Yep. 
and raise your other hand if you were mildly weirded out over seeing frog feet. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, I know he's a Muppet, but it creeps me out every time they show the bottom half of that thing. It's just, oh, look, Kermit's riding a bike. Oh! <laughs> well, the other option was to show the hand up his butt. Which is just as awkward. <laughs> I don't know. This is part of me that wonders if that might just not be more preferable. <laughs> just, Kermit feet, they're just... I feel like Holly, because your, your wife's got this weird thing with feet. Oh, yeah, she does not like feet. Uh, Kermit feet are just like creepy. The only thing cr- creepier than Kermit feet is piggy feet. I do not like seeing she's those piggy's legs. Shoes on. I know, but there's something wrong with them. <laughs> just, <laughs> well, they always look like they're too small. Yeah, well, that's part of the joke, I think. But ugh. I think we've tap danced enough. We have tap danced enough. In 1945, I wasn't tap dancing. I'm being serious. <laughs> creep me out. In 1945, a strange new craze for truth-tellers is sweeping the kids of small-town America. The fifth doctor and Nessa soon arrive to investigate the phenomenon, only to discover that the actual truth behind the truth-tellers is far more sinister than anyone could have imagined. I don't know that I'd give it the horn, but I certainly wouldn't give it a dun-dun-dun. Do you have the horn pulled up? No, but I would give it to if I had it pulled up. You should pull up the horn. Okay, so... Or tell me in advance next time you want something (laughs) to have the horn so that I can pull it up for you. I agree with Holly and Chrissy that on the surface the story is interesting. And I don't even mind it being a Dr. Light story. If it were Dr. Light in the first part and then it continued with the full story afterwards, like it's set up and hinted towards the doctor and then he finally shows up and then other stuff happens and they go on. Or, I'd be even okay with this if this was a short story that they released and it was Dr. Light, just the way it is, if it weren't intended for the 50th anniversary celebrating each doctor. I I enjoyed reading the story and thought it was a unique way to tell a Doctor Who story in novel or in written format, but it's not a good way to celebrate and pay respect to supposedly the show this guy loves because he wrote the story. It's true. I think the ideas of the truth tellers are rather neat. I like the the, the, the way they portrayed the story. It almost kind of had a Spielberg-esque feel to it because of the kid angle. An early Spielberg feel. Yeah. yeah. Or um, Robert McCannon who wrote uh, A Boy's Life. If you guys haven't read that, it's kind of like he's... Like a not as scary Stephen King esque kind of that kind of I don't know how to describe his storytelling. It's it's kind of almost like a novelization of a Spielberg film in a way because it's very much from a kid's perspective and everything. And really, that's all I have to say about it because all right story, but there wasn't enough Doctor for being a Doctor Who story. The biggest problem with this story. It was 32, 37 pages long. Which, and it was still short compared to the other ones. Yeah, it was two, 37 too many. <laughs> um, most of my complaints are the same, but I do have problems with them. I do have a problem with the fact that, yeah, the, the Fifth Doctor is hardly in this novel at all. I have a problem with the... It's like... The other stories in this series have been light stories, meaning they they haven't been real heavy, serious. Which I'm fine with that. Yeah, exactly, because they're short ebooks. But this one really felt a lot lighter than any of the other books before it. 
And so the story doesn't isn't isn't engaging at all. No. None of the characters none of the characters to me are intriguing. With the exception of uh the little girl and the boy, and I can't remember Nettie. Name. Nettie and uh, Nettie and Johnny. Johnny. And that's the biggest problem with that this book is that those two have this relationship that's only just barely skirted. Oh. And if you're yeah. going to drop hints to the relationship that these two have, you've got to do it in a larger story where it goes somewhere with it. You can't just kind of fake it until the end and then give a, a throwaway line where the doctor looks and sees that they've gone off together. I mean, just it's it's there's no payoff to that. There's no payoff to the development that you're that you're that you're putting together for their relationship. I thought the. I thought that the, the little tongue thing, the the, uh, the truth tellers, was just I, don't know, I, I. It wasn't an intriguing enough concept for me. I thought it was weird. I thought it was also it was hard kind to of, visualize. Yeah, it me. was also kind of just the the fact that there's this alien family that's come to Earth and they've enslaved them and they're selling them for profit. I mean, this who cares? That's the Slovene. Mo sort of you know I mean uh, on a smaller scale it's it's a there was a fart a joke money. in the book too yeah, there's a fart <laughs> joke in it too I just overall I just I maybe if the doctor had been in, in it more and I don't think the doctor's written well either I don't think he got I don't think who was it Patrick Ness got a handle on the fifth doctor and no. it's clear that he didn't he couldn't because he didn't put him in here enough um. I think maybe he was just the wrong he person was, to write the story. Yeah, he wasn't realized well. I don't know. They're just It doesn't feel like the story really kind of goes anywhere before it's done. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no. There's very little tension. There's very little um, confrontation. There's very little... I mean, the, the biggest confrontation is over the... What's his name? The, the guy that owns the general store, or owns the town, essentially. And Nettie, when she's working on his car, and she... You know, he pushes her down and she scratches it. I just that's that's the biggest climactic confrontation in the entire story, and this whole thing of Johnny buys a truth teller to impress a girl. There's just there's nothing there. It's too short to do to put these things into place and then be done in 37 pages. It just I I and how overall, did Nettie get it? This is yeah because uh, yeah, Nettie's yeah. Nettie been very. She, she's written as very anti-truth teller through the whole thing that she she's too poor to own one and that she wouldn't have one even if she could because she it's beneath her and yet she's got one. That, that suddenly did Nettie have one? Yeah, that's yeah, what she's he bought the one it from. Yeah. Oh, he bought it from. That's he right. He bought it from Nettie at the beginning, and it, I mean, it, it was done in a, in such a way as to begin trying to establish the relationship that oh. the two of them have. See, I missed that. I thought but, that, that Sam makes it even worse. I thought she had uh, fronted him the two dollars to get the. No, that's what no, he was. He all, gave her the two dollars yeah. for the truth. Yeah. He, he was all arguing and debating with himself over whether or not mom would be yeah, okay with right, the fact because that they he were shell out the they two bucks because Nettie's family well. needed it too. Yeah. And so that all of a sudden creates a weird. Well, where did she get it from? I mean, it just I, the, the whole thing, top to bottom, didn't work for me. No, it's meant no. to be kind of Twilight Zone esque, and it would have been. It and it's not. It could have been neat if. We got the doctor so much earlier, and it was still from all Johnny's perspective, seeing the doctor and interacting with him and doing all these things. And the doctor is actually involved in the story would have been really neat. Yeah, because I, I like the perspective angle of it. It's just it's the first 
act of a book that needs to finish the story. Needs to be what, 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 you, what you said earlier really kind of hit it on the head for me because I, I kept thinking that it was like Twilight Zone, but just so not Twilight Zone that I, it's like this is not even a good comparison. And then I realized I think that's maybe what he was going for is he was trying to write a Twilight Zone story and instead gave us a really bad Amazing Stories story. Oh yeah, that it's it's so much more of an amazing stories feel to it. It's a little light piece of fluff that doesn't go anywhere, and by the end of it, you don't remember it. Because when I talk about amazing stories, there are two episodes of amazing stories that everybody remembers, and a whole bunch of ones that you don't. <laughs> this is one of the ones <laughs> that you true. wouldn't remember. It's 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 not that it's poorly written; it's poorly constructed. Well, and he, he, even when they got to the alien aspect of it, they don't really fully. Explore where these, what these truth tellers are. They're just aliens, okay. And then when they transform the uh, the, the the ones posing as humans, he doesn't even give them a suitable description for what they're supposed to look yeah, like. Yeah. It's like sh- what? Sh- uh, well, here's what sheep. They have two metal prongs, and they unfurl from your tongue and hang down like a tie. Kind of. That's the description you get. That's yeah. It. I think he's talking about the, the well, sheepfish. No, well, oh, the sheepfish. I'm both, sorry. Both. Did, 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 did the sheepfish was terrible, too. Did, did anybody it's, else like he couldn't, it's like he couldn't clamp down on a way to describe them, yeah. so he just kept adding a, a different animal to it. <laughs> did anybody else read that and go, oh, Glenn's going to hate that. <laughs> well, no, it's, that's not anthropomorphized, because, because you're just mashing you're stuff, together, stuff together. That's even lazier. <laughs> What's your, that's that's the problem is, is that this is this falls completely outside of the realm of anthropomorphized animal because at least it's somebody trying to describe what it sounds like. The problem is he, he just goes can't way, describe he, it. Well, that's just it. He he. It's I like don't know. He, it's some alien blob thing. Yeah, he tries too hard. I mean, just give me a description of this thing. Don't give me comparisons that you're just going to throw everything but the kitchen sink it's in a, there. It's a sheep. Oh, and then throw the kitchen sink in. It's there. a sheep with the face of a fish, but also mixed with a squirrel and a pumpkin. What? What does that even mean? Yeah. I can't imagine that. Someone, at all. So, somebody, some, somebody who listens to us who's an artiste, I want to, to, you to draw this and send it. This is the contest this week. Make me understand what this thing is. Yeah. <laughs> Photoshop. You uh, know, the other thing that bothered the heck out of me is the, the other piece that could have been a great climactic confrontation is whatever happened inside of the house. Oh, yeah. But that's all done from outside, from Johnny and Nettie's perspective, and poof, the house is gone. See, I, I, and then the doctor comes walking out of the rubble with the with the prisoners. I was okay with that. Why don't we get to see that? I was okay with that, but they should have gave us a different climax then. Like, that happens, that's how you get the doctor into these two kids' lives, and then something else happens, and the, the alien sheep, squirrel, fish things. <laughs> Pumpkin. <laughs> Pumpkin things fight them and don't want to and they have to have some sort of conflict yeah, then instead of them just giving was, up because their house dis- uh, well, uh, dissolved because it was made of sugar. Anybody else get the idea that Nissa was behind that one too? <laughs> Look, science! That's how she explained it. I just, I, I agree. Why couldn't maybe the sheep things kidnap the kids because they've been in contact with the doctor and they think they're a threat and they're in the house and then the doctor comes to free them and then we oh, get the big fight. Okay, now we're all inside the house together and there's a dramatic tension there before you blow it up but no it all happened from outside and you know so, is, some, sometimes there's the, a reason for telling a story that way i've yeah, done it myself so sometimes there's a valid excuse for it but most of the time it it just doesn't work this and, is just yeah. this is the worst thing to come out of the 50th anniversary in my opinion it's oh, worse even, than even, the space buffalo worse than space buffalo worse than the hand 
the hand. The first doctor. Oh yeah, this. Oh my gosh, robot hand. this elevated that big <laughs> hand for the doctor. That thing's Moby Dick compared to this. <laughs> I'm sure Ian Colfer appreciates that. No, I mean, well, I mean, at the very least, if if he Ian Colfer didn't ca- or Ian Colfer didn't capture the essence of the doctor, it still was a engaging and fun story. It was at least interesting. Yeah, and there was some interest to it, and the doctor actually is the protagonist in it, and we aren't seeing everything from somebody else's perspective. That's the problem with this one, is there's no doctor in this, uh, hardly at all. It's all from the kid's perspective, and if you're going to tell this kid the story about the kids, you need to go all out and give me some resolution with the children, and don't just surface the relationship and then just leave it hanging. It's just... I was the, I was going to give I was going to try and give Patrick Ness some some props for at least making small town America feel like small town America because I thought well at least he did that quite well until I read that he was born in Virginia <laughs> oh so he is an American uh, before moving permanently to the UK so he's well experienced with that and it's kind of like oh well I can't really part of it kind of had that forever autumn feel to it there's those moments in it where it. It's very British, and so I was giving it a pass because there were some. I don't remember exactly what some of the things were used, but it wasn't. It was. It was not the American terminology or the American idea of what the object or subject was. It wasn't how an American would say it or imagine it. And but I thought, oh, it's it's a British author, so that's difficult, and it's geared towards British fans. But for the most part, it's a British show. And then when I found out he was born in Virginia before moving, and I was like. Well, it was at How, least towards British fans. Uh, I suppose. I mean, that's that's fine. I just eh, I, anything yeah. else about this story? Because I said I wouldn't give it the. I didn't give it at zero stars, but I can only give it one. I can't give it lower than one on Goodreads, so it's got a star from me. But that's it. <laughs> not 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 as impressed as I wish we have half been. stars. I would give it a half star. I'll give it a half star for being written. Some there are words on a page. There are words on a page. They you accomplished part of the goal. They formed sentences. And they formed sentences. Which, and, and, and I think Sean hits hits the nail on the head with the fact that it's not written poorly. It's written, how'd you say it? It's written... It's structured poorly. Structured poorly. It's written fine. I mean, it's it's... Yeah. it's it's English. It's clear to read. It's not. I mean, it's it's not difficult. Aside from it's not you know Stephanie Meyer's writing where it's like very, very conversational. It's 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 written well. It's just structured poorly. Yeah. So. It's it's just a you know it's an interesting concept of an idea, but I don't think it ever really gets off the page no, beyond con. It's, it's like a concept car. Look, I drew this picture of a car. You can't actually drive it anywhere, and it doesn't cart anything, and it won't ever be built. But I drew this picture of a car. That's really what kind of this sums up as. It's just it's 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 an idea. It's not even a flesh. It's more like a it's a pitch for a Doctor Who story. It's gonna, yeah, yeah. The, the, there's there's going to be stuff that happens. Oh, so that's the pre-title sequence. Okay, <laughs> and the, the Doctor's in it, but eventually. Yeah, not not a not a fan of that one. Eventually, and not frequently. Yeah. Well, let's move on to Fort of Doomsday. Could we please? The taste of this one washed out of my mouth. The Doctor has returned Tegan to 1981, the right time but the wrong place. The TARDIS has landed on a massive spaceship four days away from Earth. It's the domain of Monarch, a scientific genius of almost godlike power. 
monarch rules over three billion of his species, as well as a group of apparently immortal humans from Earth's history. What part has he played in Earth's past, and what are his plans for its future? Will he save humanity from itself, or be its destroyer? It's for the doomsday, and the Doctor has no time to lose finding mm. out. Dun, dun, dun! Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. This is quite an enjoyable story. I think this is one of the, this is, I've I've had the most fun watching this of most of any fifth doctor stories of m- recent memory. Um I will go so far as I think I think of this, the ones that we've seen this might be my favorite fifth doctor really? story. Really? Yeah. Are even you not counting the fifth doctor? Even better than the five doctors, really? which I love. Why? I love unabashedly, but it's huh. it's not a very good story what? because of all the ego and things that we've talked about right. being crammed into it. So I really like this one. Yeah, this is this is one I wish I had picked up. <laughs> um, you had this, the this, this is one I would probably show to someone trying to introduce them to classic Who, and being this is this is the fifth Doctor here. I would I would introduce this. This is a good fifth Doctor introduction, I think. See, consider especially considering it's his second story in the run. So you got the first regeneration story, which I haven't seen. And then you got this, where he's very much the Doctor and almost stronger of a Doctor than he is later down the line. I think. See, here's the yeah. That's that's the problem with introducing somebody to the Doctor with this one is then I think you well this raised is the best their, of his they've raised their expectations yes, that's because true. that's the only thing that I have problem with, and it's not a problem from the perspective of this story because I love the story and I love the way the Doctor is. I wish the Doctor could have kept Continue the quirkiness and like, energy that he has in this one. But he, he goes... For, and and the, the Fifth Doctor, I think, was relatively even throughout the rest well, of his tenure. But this one, obviously, because it's the first story they shot. They even shot yeah. this one before uh, Castrovalva. But I think that he was sort of playing off the whimsicalness that, he was, that was left behind by the Fourth Doctor, Tom Baker. And I think he was sort of playing with that. And so it's quite enjoyable to see this youthful, exuberance, bouncy doctor that I think that I wish he would have carried that more into his series. And Chrissy, um, you don't have to defend this because I think he does a <laughs> fantastic job the rest of his t- tenure. And he's a very different doctor. And it's it's very not this, but it's it's in the same vein. But it's just like he brought the level down just a little bit, you know what I mean, for the yes. rest of the series. Yeah. And I kind of wish there would have well, been as much quirkiness and energy as he has in this because it really seems like he's having a lot of fun despite oh. the fact that there's you know danger that despite the fact that his, his friends and companions are in peril at times and despite the fact that earth is a target he's just he feels like he's, he's having fun himself. the whole time whereas he gets a little more stoic as as the fifth doctor yeah, goes on I can see and, that. and he still has a lot of the witty lines and he's still very clever um, and he, he, he retains a lot of that, but I wish he would have retained a lot of the other characters. His characteristics I would love to have seen to the role in this particular story. I would have loved to have seen more of the ferociousness we saw in this mm. from him later on down yeah, the road. Because one. I felt like in the beginning, yeah, he was having fun. He was being quirky, like you said, but he still felt very Fifth Doctor, very mm-hmm. Peter Davison, very kind of mellow. But then those moments where he reared his claws, especially at Adric, Phenomenal, <laughs> and that's where I was like, I can see why Chrissy likes him as a doctor. <laughs> this is great. But that's when you say where his claws, it's still in a very it's, it's still, compassionate it way. Is. You know it is. I mean? it's, it's a very it, fifth yeah. doctor way, but yeah. it's not in the way I've seen him act before. Mm-hmm. Giving Adric the verbal smackdown right. that he gives him, it's just it's in character, but it's still assertive and not almost yeah. being a pushover like sometimes he seems like he is. 
I know why. Because it's Adric. <laughs> and that's partially why I liked it so much, was he's giving Adric a... It's like when Tyrion slaps Joffrey, <laughs> we all cheer. The, the, this, this is the fifth Doctor. This episode. This is how he was to be played. And he wasn't because he spent the rest of his time in the TARDIS dealing with Adric <laughs> and Tegan. Yeah. Cause he and he cause wore remember, down. And he kind of gets some of that back a little bit when Tegan leaves and we get Turlow. He, he, just, he, he just runs down. He runs out of gas because well, he's so he, tired of dealing with well, their crap. And having such a full TARDIS and trying to juggle and making everyone happy. I don't think it's that. I think well, it's I just mean, he the, gives up. I'm not saying Peter Davidson, did a, did a, did a, as an actor, gave up. I'm saying the doctor, as the doctor gave up and just was like... Screw it! I don't, I don't care, care anymore. <laughs> I mean, he just—he just that. Well, constant, he even we only really... get Tegan in the little bits. We only get Adric in the little bits in these in-between adventures. There's huge. There's weeks and weeks and weeks of in-between story time well, going on can, within the TARDIS. You can, can tell really from this one too. Imagine what happened in those. That the Doctor's already fed up with Tegan, and in the in the get-go, right off of, the bat. Oh, you don't want the key? Fine. <laughs> I'm not going to put up with your crap anymore. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, he continues to the rest of his era. I really like Tegan in this story. <laughs> well, she starts well, off I, annoying, and then she ends up getting pretty she, good. She starts off in character with Tegan, and then annoying. She, she ends up being more of the sensible one of the group, and you might. Well, she start, yeah, well, she I, actually I, think it was she actually contributes it's a little, instead of wines well, the entire it's, time. It's a little disgenuous of her to try to run, though. And if if the ship well, hadn't caught her, she probably would have gotten further away. Although and left everybody now, behind. I love the the the. I love the line from the Marnock that well any idiot can any pilot, idiot can pilot, the, ship. Can pilot the ship. <laughs> I just I, I look at Which right off the bat when she's berating him for not getting him back to Heathrow, and he's kind of like, I, I like yes, it. I know. Okay, I you, did you, like Adric's <clears throat> response to it. Of, it's a time machine. We could spend three weeks here and still get you on time. <laughs> Which has always been my attitude towards <laughs> Tegan. Stop complaining. You're gonna get there. This is it's, it's just, one wants back. But, but you know what? I mean, this is only three stories in, and she's been lifted away out of her life. Out of her, she, I can see somebody see, I, I'm, that I'm does not want to be on the adventure. Yeah. Having not seen her home. origin, I might be more sympathetic when I see and, that. And here's the deal: I, despite everything that I have said, which you might take as oh, Sean, I genuinely do like Tegan. <laughs> I don't know why. I, just, I really do like her as a character. I like Tegan when she's with the Doctor and Turlo, but. I like her better with the Doctor yeah. Trilla. She never really seems well, this. Well, that's well. At that point, she got home and realized she wanted to be with the Doctor. Mm-hmm. So there is more of a character right. change at once, that point. Once she comes back in Ark of Infinity, I think she's a strong character in Ark of Infinity as well. But it's she. She very much falls into that. I don't understand these characters. That hey, look, I made it to Wonderland. I made it to Oz. I made it to Hogwarts. When can I go home? Yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Home is bleak and black and white and dusty and but that's full not of chickens. Tegan. But that's not Tegan. But she is. But it, she, that's, she, that's she's not Tegan t- because she has a time and space machine, and she's like, "When can I get back?" Yeah, to my but job? the thing is, the people. <laughs> but the the thing is, the people that went to Wonderland and the people that went to didn't go there on the, purpose. They, well, it wasn't even that. But they they dreamed of going somewhere different. Yeah, they true. dreamed of going but, somewhere uh, better. An, they dreamed of going somewhere. Flash Gordon, so, Dale Arden. When when do we get back to it? What is wrong with you? Well, you're, you're a queen princess on Mongo. You I can think do whatever you want. I think it, but you she's want to go in this, I think Sean, she's in the same boat as Tegan, though. Is she's 
she didn't dream of something bigger. She was satisfied in her life. And then when she went and, and was pulled away from that, she was ready to go back to normal life. I think Tegan's the same way. I completely excuse that idea. Now, Dorothy wanting to go home right away after she was wanting to go somewhere bigger and better. And all of those examples you used where there were people that their their lives were boring and mundane and they were dreamers and they wanted to be explorers and they wanted to be adventurers and they went in and they got that and then they realized they want to go home. I mean obviously there's a there's a moral in that <laughs> idea. But I can't I, I can't put Tegan and I can't put Dale from Flash Gordon in that category because they were whisked away from something that they were probably very happy with put in danger several times, made to do things that they didn't want to do, and yeah, I'd want to go home too. I'd like to go back to my normal life. I didn't have any problem with it. I was a stewardess on an airplane. I loved it. She I flew from here to, to the there. world. Yeah, I just I, 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 I don't think, think that I don't think it can be applied here. I think your 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 idea is sound with the examples you use. Tegan can't be put in that. Situation. I just I, maybe it's because I'd be willing to go that I don't understand that, people yeah, who I don't. Think that's maybe, why. maybe that's, that's just because you're just one of those. Say. You're one of those want to be explorers, want to be dreamers. You're one of, or want to be. You are a dreamer. You're one of those people <laughs> that that are looking for the adventure, for looking for something better, something fun, something to broaden your horizons to to explore. You want to go with the doctor. Tegan was thrown into it. She yeah. she she was. It was a situational thing for her, and she ended up with the doctor due to circumstance. It had nothing to do with. You want to come on an adventure? Sure. I mean, Rose got her chance. Martha got her chance. I mean, they all did. They hardly anybody, especially in the new series, Rose was missing no away. First. Yeah. Except for Brian. Well, so did Donna for that. Well, Donna yeah. initially. Yeah, but. but that she wanted, she realized what she wanted. So I, I think it, there's there the people that got on board with the. That's I think the same thing. Probably going back to Victoria last week is Victoria was a cir- victim of circumstance, and I think the first time that she, the first instance that she got a chance to get out of there she said yeah I want to go back to a normal life with a, a foster mother and father or somebody that's a symbol of a mother and father. I think there's certain people you can apply that question to. There's certain people that you have to just accept that they, they, they it, traveling with a doctor isn't necessarily something they want to be. Now Tegan's the same way to me with, as Donna was is Tegan realized once she got back hey maybe I did enjoy that life better and then she they, they both strive to go back to that, and they do. And they don't complain once they're on the trip. Yeah, that's true. She, she's, she's a much different yeah. character she, she's when she a, comes back. Uh, sorry, she's Donna. Yeah. A pre-Donna. Now, Adric... <laughs> she's a pre-Donna. A pre-Madonna. Um, Adric, however... You know, I, as, as, as head-slappy as Adric was in this, I, I kind of enjoyed him. I did, too. And I'm with... Because I, he did some really solid things. While they were kind of, they were they were like Turlow in the first part of Turlow's story, working against the doctor every chance he got. Shall we play another round of but the, why you're the, the difference, worst companion? The difference ever? between that is Turlow was maliciously doing it. I don't think Adric was malicious he's just about dumb. it. He was yeah, he's he just was gullible. He, yeah, he just for the artful gullible. dodger. Gullible. Thing Here's they were the going thing with. with. Here's the thing though: is that was the Adric that I thought we were seeing there at the beginning. And I, I agreed with Chrissy when she was talking about the, the 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 way he was acting, not necessarily his motives, but the way that he was acting was very much in line with what I think we should have got from Adric was the idea of the artful Dodger type of the character. And when I saw that happening, I thought, oh yeah, this is this is this is how this should have been playing out all along. 
and then it's it's then as you find out, it's more of a gullibility. It's more of a believability. Well, it's gullibility like, and right, only well, thinking for himself instead yeah. of well, thinking for that's that enough. that goes in line with the the whole art for Dodger idea. Yeah, it starts that goes that along way, with it, but yeah, it, when it, it's it was, like, it was well, such no, a, you're just dumb. It, it was such <laughs> for a, a smart com- kid, you're an idiot. Such a complete replay of the state of decay when he's like, yeah, <laughs> I want to be a vampire. All right, yeah. Oh no! I was actually trying to save you. No, you weren't. I don't believe it. You're just saving your own just, skin. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh well, the doctor's got two hearts, and I'm sure he'd be happy to show you around the tarts. Let me go get the key. I know who's got it." <laughs> now, if they had written that scene so that he was feeding the monarch all this false information, yeah, that would be I different. That would have worked. But instead, it's just, oh, "I'm going to go over here and do this." Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I can agree with that. Just, and that's why that's why I look at the doctor and go. God love the fifth doctor's patience. Oh. We've talked about all these different characters that all these different doctors uh, characteristics that all these doctors have had. His has got to be patience. It's got to be number one on the list. He's the patient doctor because nobody else would put up with these two. It's true. You put Tegan and Adric together on the same ship. I'm looking for a rope and a ceiling beam. <laughs> oh my god! But he just kind of. Goes with it I and hopes for the could, best. I suppose you could argue that, and if it happens sooner, it would be an easier way to argue it. But I suppose you could argue that the tonal change in the Doctor, uh, again, it's not a night and day, it's just a slight difference, could be based on Adric's death and Earthshock as well. So mm-hmm. I could I could use that to to uh, appease my, up to that. my understanding for why. But that's still... Five more stories away, yeah. at least. At least, because we've got Ken the next, and then we've got uh, I think the visitations in there. Yeah, uh, Black Orchid's obviously in there. Um, it seems like there's one more between there. Visitation, Ken to visitation. Seems like there's something else. Black Orchid, and then Urshak, and then our uh, yeah, Urshak. But seems anyway, like so we, we, I, we, I've harped a lot on the characters. <laughs> Other than that. This is such a phenomenal episode. I, I, the ideas are amazing and nope, cool. There's nothing in between. There's nothing in between. I remembered all of them. Wow. The ideas are amazing and cool. The concepts are cool. The, the cliffhangers are cool, except for the one where they're going to cut the doctor's head off. And it's kind of like, <laughs> well, I, I agree with Chrissy. I don't they, buy that one. Was it Chrissy that said they just, they, it's like they, they couldn't commit to a cliffhanger, so you get three different <laughs> cliffhangers? Three, choose your adventure at this point. Um, the, I the, love the, the, the monarch. The Android reveal was cool, even though you got it twice. This I thought was much more uh, interesting than the face coming off. But well, that's the one that had the three. That's the one that had the three. Yeah. The cutting the head off, I actually liked that as a cliffhanger. Yeah, I liked it as a cliffhanger, but it wasn't convincing. You're the one that's always said that when the cliffhanger comes and the doctor's the one in danger, you go, eh, I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, but I got... I thought the structure of that cliffhanger was was well uh, done. Well, that okay. that is in the vein of a real cliffhanger. Yeah. You know, what's how's the doctor going to get out? That's the other thing too. Is sometimes you're right. If I go, and eh, the doctor's going to get out of it. But the other fact is, sometimes you wonder. Sometimes a good cliffhanger is how is he going to get out of that <laughs> because of the situation that they're in. So that one I actually was fine with. We're going to deliver the resolution. Easily the resolution <laughs> was phenomenal. <laughs> I absolutely love how he got out of that one. I love that Nissa took the. Pin in the <laughs> screwdriver and went science. <laughs> <laughs> and I was lamenting science. before the, she before the cliffhanger that her science got interrupted because she was going to show him experiment she and, a, just and then she to gets to. That was my first thought too. Was oh, the I, what, she, what was she going to do with the sonic and the pin? 
And I love that they explained it. That they used the graphite and the pencil, the blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, sure, I, I, I'll I agree buy that. Chrissy. Nissa is phenomenal. Well, and you, pro- I think you probably, because you weren't there, you probably missed out on some of the science tweets that I we... back and read. Oh, did you? I had no idea that Nissa yeah, was actually I, planning on being written I out. fired him up, the part three from uh, Saturday night, and went to the cheat treats tweet stream <laughs> where you guys left off and just kept... <laughs> <laughs> did a Friday night who rerun. I did. I finished it. I queued back up my tweet stream. I had no idea. For those that didn't know, apparently Nissa was doomed to be written out. Uh, of this episode that she was she was going to be no more and Peter Davidson championed for her to stick around because quote she was the companion that was most like what his doctor was going to you know be bouncing off of and that's why at the end of the episode she collapses and right. then spends yeah, all of Kinda because she's already in, she's you know she, she wasn't in Kinda because well, she was she, already planned to be out she was not she was written out of Kinda but they do have some friends right. Um, but that's why. And then it's nice that Big Finish was able to kind of take that and go, okay, we can work with that and give her a reason for fainting and not right. just exhaustion from the mind probe or whatever. No, not the mind probe. What was it? Latent uh, psychic... Uh, Latent psychic <laughs> ability. And it's just now kicking in. But, um, you know, just 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 watching this in this episode, Chrissy, I get it. I totally get it now. I, I don't think I really truly got it until now. And maybe it's because I needed two companions that I wasn't too partial on <laughs> to really stink up the atmosphere before I went, wow, this is really pretty awesome, and I've just never seen it before. Well, we've commented from the Big Finish, too. and some She's of the, so much better in Big and Finish. And some of the She's later so stories, like her end story was phenomenal yeah. for her. And too bad it's her last story. Yeah. Yeah. Was that Enlightenment? No. Yeah. No, it was Terminus. Before. Terminus. 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 Um, but yeah, this, Enlightenment's the race. Right. Um, I liked the makeup of the, the the frog people. I thought that was really cool. Well, it starts that I the monarch looks phenomenal, and then the other two is kind of like oh, you're the apes like soldiers, they, aren't you? It's like they yeah they they had they, they didn't have makeup. the money. I thought the same thing. I think thing. that's what happened was they didn't have the money or didn't want to put as much effort into it because they were going to change into human anyways. Yeah. So they made sure that Monarch looked great, and the other two were kind of. Uh, they should have passable. started from the beginning with them looking normal, and just implied that they could look that way. You know, I just. I don't know. That was kind of a neat reveal of. Well, oh, we did, can change did, forms and everything. It that did was work a nice a good reveal. Addition. I agree. I agree. And 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 the reasoning behind it—that it wasn't just some mumbo jumbo science thing that we could do. It was that there was a, a plotted reason behind it that. We got Tegan to show us this so that we can now blend into, blend society. into the society and use that to our advantage later. And it's yeah. like, this is well thought out. Yeah. This this is is a, there's really, not a throwaway in this. No, there no, really isn't. No, the story is, is, is really well written. And the ideas behind it and the villains, I thought, were well well realized and well motivated. I like unlike some Monarch. of the motivations. Yeah. I really like Monarch. Monarch. It's so enjoyable to watch. Uh, the actor was so captivating the yeah. entire time. And just the fact that he is really not up until the, the end that he kind of becomes the raving lunatic, well, you yeah, know, the megalomania. But just just the fact that he's so but measured, even then, it's, not that, that much. it's that measured, low key. That's yeah, what maniac, works so well. Yeah. And 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 how because he, he has that arrogance to him the entire time. And when he's sweet talking, Adric. Oh and, yeah. Oh, well, I just wanted. And you you almost like they change actors. <laughs> Where did the other guy go? I mean, he, he was, this guy's not that bad. He's just, oh no, wait a minute. Yes, he is. <laughs> Mesmerizing as oh. a villain. He was so good. And then all of the, uh, I mean, of course, uh, who's the 
who's the Play-Doh guy? Uh, Bine... Bit, Bygone? Bitmap. Bygone. What's his name? Bygone? Bygone. Of course he would be... The, it had to be the guy from Aristotle, Plato. Bygone be Bygone. <laughs> it had to be him that was the one that was like, I've been around the longest and we need to get rid of it. But, you know who he was? The Bygone? actor? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Back to the monarch. The I'm monarch? Sorry. Oh, the monarch. Uh, I didn't recognize The him. mighty monarch! The actor... Who is uh, Stanford Johns? Have you guys ever Stratford seen the Johns. Stratford Johns? The uh, you ever seen the movie Splitting Airs with Rick Moranis and uh, Eric Idle? I don't think so. Oh, he was the butler in that. Really? Perfect, perfect for him too. That's great. Wow. Nope. Oh, if you've never seen Splitting Airs, it's one of the. In fact, you can see it for free on YouTube. It's one of those movies that is nobody's going to lay claim to it. Pretty much, but I think it's even one of those movies that you know, they know they're not going to get any DVD releases. So I think the, the the it's one of those few studio movies that the studio said, "Well, we'll put it out there on YouTube. Anyone wants to watch it, they can watch it." That kind of thing, because you know YouTube's trying to gain ground with Netflix and all those kind of places as far as that stuff goes. But it's one of those movies that I always find myself it's like almost a guilty pleasure. It's overall, it's not it, structurally, it's not a great film, but it has these great moments in it between or or. Individually by Eric Idle and Rick Moranis, and then together with the two, and it's 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 a lot of fun to watch. It very fun. Eric you Idle know, and Rick Moranis would have to be good. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's very Python esque too, and I think Eric Idle might have even written that. So, and Terry, I think Terry Jones, I'm maybe out of line now here, but I think Terry Jones directed that. Hmm. So, anyway, back to uh, Bygone. It had to be Bygone that was the one who finally kind of pieced things together. I mean, it could have been anybody else. It had to be the guy that was... And he's so matter-of-fact, yeah. too, about it. You know, he's just... This is, you know, this well, is what's happened here. This is what's... Yeah. Yeah. And then they decommissioned well, he, him and, and he, brought him back. And, that's just it. He sees the, the, the opportunity here now with the doctor. Oh, yeah. And it's almost like you expect him to be a little more excited about it, but he's just kind of... This is what's happening, and this is what has to be done. <laughs> well, and everything. Go about, figure out how to do it. Everything about it was so matter of fact. When they bring him to the quarters, and he goes, "We're not putting you out." Oh no, I won't need them anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And how easily he was able to convince uh, Lin Futu of what was going on. Kato. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's clear you don't read my tweets because I had tweeted that like when he first showed up, oh, and then I, I, I met him reading it. my tweet stream, and I'm going. And then Sean goes, oh, hey, gets Kato for the Big Panther films. Like, a, uh, Clearly nobody reads my tweets. <laughs> nobody reacted to his tweets. Nobody reacted yeah. to mine either. Well, I, I didn't react because, number one, I was asleep by the time I tweeted it. <laughs> and number two, I had already said it like an I hour thought, ago. I, 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 I thought I saw you tweet it, but I wasn't sure. Uh, and the, so I, the, tw- I, the tweet stream goes so quick, when I everybody, was, especially on a busy one where a lot yeah. of people are especially at the I beginning. was actually waiting for you to pipe in and say that, hey, yeah, I tweeted that a while ago. That's well, why but I you did fell asleep. asleep. <laughs> I, I would have done it. But. My normal Friday night routine anymore is I come home from work and we boot everything up and get ready. And then I say, hey, everybody, how's it going? And then I eat dinner. Yeah. So th- oh, I've been over. Even back in the yeah. day when I was coming to your place, I've yeah. been over there when you've done that. So, so then it's a matter of, okay, I'm finished now and I have to go back and kind of, uh, did I miss anything important? And I'm kind of scanning through. And, okay, that one's worth replying to. And hey, thanks for that one. And, and then okay, I'm good. I'm caught up. So I may have missed yours. I'm sorry. I did not mean to. <laughs> I did not mean to imply that. No, it but was it was Cato. It was one of those ones that I, I realized that you probably just didn't see it. Yeah, Cato. Yeah, from Big Panther films. A real genuine Asian. And doctor. from and from from group group Lido. Uh, what? How would you say that one? Group. 
That big finish group one. Lego. That's it. Oh, yeah. is he in that too? He, he, uh, he was uh, the, um, Garo, the the Garo. the Loop Garo. Loop Garo. The werewolf one. Yeah. Uh, he was the, the Asian doctor who was caring for the kid. Yeah. Uh, and I thought he sounded familiar there, too, and I but, couldn't place him. Dr. Hayashi. Well, did we? Hayashi. I guess I wasn't listening to you then, either. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Talk some more about Kato so that I can learn from you, Glenn. I'm Kato's t- my favorite part of the Pink Panther films. He's awesome. Actually, I don't think we realized that's who it was, and I think he looked it up on IMDb, and, we went, and I went, oh, that's why he sounded so familiar. Maybe that was it. I don't know. Anyway. Just... <laughs> to the rescue. I recognized him though in in Fort of Doomsday. As soon as he came on the screen, I went, "Kato!" <laughs> Inspector Crusoe's residence. Yeah, Kato. Um. Okay, so here's here's a question I had. I brought it up on the tweet stream. Why didn't the TARDIS translation circuits translate the Aborigine? Don't get me wrong; it was a cool moment for Teague to have something to do, which was wonderful. But shouldn't they have all understood it? Should have. I think it was one of those things that it was a way to have Tegan have something to do. Yeah. Like, hey, she's yeah. from Australia. There's a good chance that she does know Aborigine as well. So Maybe the TARDIS didn't like her. Uh, well, <laughs> Especially and after she went in there and turned all the knobs and we, posted all we, the buttons. Uh, we, <laughs> presume well, that that the, we presume that the translation matrix is... All knowing, but is it? Maybe I mean, if doesn't something doesn't know. get put in there, maybe they overlook something when they're programming the translation matrix. Perhaps that Aborigine was I an su- old enough I suppose that's language a that they. I mean, most of the world didn't know that the uh, marsupials existed until they explored <laughs> Australia. So I, I can see how that could be kind of isolated in the down under. No I don't mars- know. I just there's no marsupials are just giant mice. I think we've come. Yeah. I think we've and come across. I think we've come across other. I've, I've seen the Looney Tunes. They're all giant mice. I think we've boxing mice. I think we've come across other times, and I can't think of any examples well, right now where well, we think of uh, the Rings of Akaten was one, or didn't translate for the the, the person they bought the that's right, speeder yeah. from. Oh, that's the, the barking, the was barking it, was it translated for. But we chalked that up to that at that point the TARDIS didn't like. Yeah, but you know, Clara. Okay. Didn't like Tegan. Didn't like Tegan. <laughs> she wasn't invited on. She just kind of showed up. Yeah, yeah that's true. You think she would have tried a little harder? And she to get initially her home. rejected the key. <laughs> the Tartar should have been like, "Where Heathrow? When? All right, <laughs> there you go." And I'll even get you there sooner. Off. There's so much good in this story. Um, the sets. Did anybody else think? Wow, that oh. looks exactly like. Terminus. It looked. I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was like Terminus. It was brighter. It was, it was brighter. I was impressed by the sets. I, I, I think. I think they recycled. That very, one. very industrial. That's yeah. what I liked about it, especially yeah. when they're in like what looks like a cargo hold. <laughs> well, and and then the one room was bright, and they justified it being bright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then other parts not as bright. They actually had some atmosphere as opposed yeah. to wars the deep where everything was bright. And I think that <laughs> I just I get so frustrated. The more Davison era stuff that I see, and I think back to all the people that complain about how. The set settings were the lights were too bright. The set you could see the blemishes, and I disagree. I think that they realized the lighting had to be bright, and so I think they put a lot of detail in the sets because almost all of the at least spaceship ship sets from season eighteen, which yes, I realize that's the end of Tom Baker, to season nineteen, season twenty, even season twenty one, they're the, they're bright sets. They're they're very industrial looking. They're very uh, uh, almost spaceship sci fi pristine eighty spaceship look. 
I don't have a problem with the bright lights and the bright lighting. I think it, it, it adds to those backgrounds, and I think that it works. And I, I just I never can understand the people that complain about how there's not enough. That, that, you know, if you had brought the lighting down, you could have convinced me better. <laughs> Forget that. I think they did a tremendous job at a lot of those Well, sets. as a set designer, too, was another it's, one. it's probably very un gratifying to put all that attention to detail into a set and then have somebody else come in knock out four fluorescents, put a flickering light on one side and bring in a smoke machine yeah. and go oh here you go well never mind and that's the thing so. is I, I, I there are some sets that that you can see the scars and i and i think they would have benefited from lower lighting and i think we've said that before okay. yeah but but this is one of those situations where you don't see the seams and i think that the bright lighting really Really benefits the backgrounds in this. Yeah, so, I had, I had no opinion. problem with it. I think they were great. I just I do think they recycled these sets when they went to Terminus because I think yeah, the, even be. the layout of the space station was like, eh, wait a minute, this looks. The very- Tardis Wikia does not say anything about reusing the sets later. I didn't feel that at all, yeah, but maybe it just, maybe it just, it just, it just felt would, very familiar with the grading on the floor and everything. But it's also been long enough since I've watched Terminus that maybe I'm talking out my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I. Really like the space scene. The spacewalk? Yeah, and then with the cricket bat ball. I bought it. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Well, but I was also a kid that bought laser swords that there's no no or lightsabers. Laser <laughs> swords should not, for a beam of light shouldn't end at one point. I also bought sound in space when I was a kid. Oh, the TIE yeah. fighters went screaming by. So yeah, I can I can buy the fact that you throw a kick it, ball, it comes back. And it was a great easy. moment of him figuring out how to get across yeah, it's there. It's a wonderful moment. Yeah. Why wouldn't it work? Uh, and what was the deal with well, the... Well, it uh, just wouldn't be as fast. No, once it hit the spaceship, it would have stopped. <laughs> just when it hit the spaceship with a thud, it wouldn't have bounced back. Because there's no... Um, the inertia of it would have been stifled by the fact that there was uh, lack of gravity. Because he could he could propel it, because he has the, iner- the inertia, inertia behind inertia. it. But once it got to the ship, it would have just... Because there's nothing... There's, there's resistance, but there's no there's no gravity, so there's no inertia. To you know how how I, I fix it? The gravity slightly extends the whole of the. <laughs> I, I I I bought it. I was fine with it. That's I why they can walk fine. on spaceships. Too, I thought easily. it was fine. Science be damned. Well, the patch was open. The hatch was open, so the, yeah. there had to be some. Well, they kept standing. In they the kept hatch. running and jumping out. Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there had to be at least a little bit of gravity. gravity. So what was the deal with the rope? Sure. Was it just not long enough? Is that what I, it was happening? Because he never quite gets to the end of the rope, and so it's not conveyed clear enough to me that he just can't quite get there. Well, I think I don't think it's the rope long enough. I think it was that he didn't have enough inertia. To get all the way out there, that uh, he, he he does and he's running, he jumps and he's kind of swimming and then stalls out. Yeah, so he has to grab the rope and pedal back and, and he tries it again. In the airlock was pretty impressive too. I thought. Yeah, yeah. That Adric and his well, combination Battlestar Galactica Suntaran uh, <laughs> helmet. Something that did bother me about it was the I, I wasn't too pleased with the Choking? incidental music. Oh, it, it was just a little off from what I think we should have. Had I didn't notice these it. scenes. It was just it was real noticeable to me, and I thought, and I don't know what my I can't really put my finger on what my problem was with it. It just it wasn't quite right. It was almost a little too techno, not techno, uh, technical. I don't know. It just <laughs> there was something about it that was a little obvious. And I maybe I, and, and I really only notice it when they're in that scene, the spacewalk scene. Because there's no sound in the action, you can't hear what they're saying. You can't hear them hitting each other or attacking each other. 
you could only hear the music because it was front and center, and maybe that's why it was. And what an interesting <laughs> Doctor Who, the show that kind of goes, eh. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to adhere to the physics of sound in space at this point. <laughs> okay. But the cricket ball works. But the cricket ball works. <laughs> I, I don't know. Gravity bubble. I don't love the... You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's such a great moment. <laughs> it's just right there. I love this story. I really, really, I really, really enjoyed it, too. I, I had I'd never seen this one before, and just... So blown away by it. Well, I think, I think this is one that I saw... When uh, it actually aired here for us, and it was right after Tom's run, and I, I think I, I think I remember seeing Castrovalva. This probably I, I remember seeing Kind as a kid, so I must have seen it next. I remember seeing the visitation, so I, there must have been a run of of Davison that I didn't miss up a beat. to a certain yeah, point before they rebooted them because um, or replayed them. Yeah, before they restarted uh, Tom's era. So I don't know. Anybody else? Anything else? Absolutely. Anything else? It's a, it's a it's a fun story. It's it's very well acted. I think the characters are very well balanced in this story, despite the fact that Adric is a bit annoying at times in this. I think that oh, every, everybody's character. giving everybody's given an equal balance of things to do, whether you agree with what they're doing. Yeah. The team Tardis. Chrissy said this. Team Tardis is well used in this. Although I did, and feel- you don't feel the crowded Tardis syndrome because it feels like every. Part has a place. It did. There, there was a small part that felt like Nissa got pushed to the background, especially when she went to go get um, turned into an android. She was kind of written out and unconscious for a while, but, but it was serving a purpose still. Yeah, exactly. And it, and she comes back and gets some really great moments. Yeah, so it's that's it's true. almost counterbalanced. It, it by pays that. off. Yeah. And she'd been strong up to that point. So yeah. I, th- that's one I well, don't necessarily mind. That they, they wanted her because she was been so strong. Well, right. It's more yeah, than I it, said about that. So Tegan has her moments, and then when she runs off and tries to escape the TARDIS and the whole man, uh, manual trying to get the thing going, that's really kind of her. We're setting her aside and not giving her much to do while we concentrate yeah, on Miss and Adric and the Doctor at this point. So that's why I say it just feels Every, like they, everyone. everybody well, is and then equally even Adric gets knocked out for a while, too. Yeah, so He's pushed back to the back as well. So. Well, it's just it's an example. And literally knocked out. It's, it's an example of really good tap dancing to make sure that everybody has that moment because when one of the characters is I don't want to, I don't even want to say diminished or pushed aside but one of the one of the characters they were diminished is, at all they were you know, just doing something else it's not like they're out of the action altogether they're just no. over here doing something else and we get this moment where we get you know we get the interaction between Adric and Tegan and then Nissa comes back and says well we went and did this cuz she's off with the doctor right. and they come back and they split up and it's uh, you know uh, Nissa and Adric doing something yeah. while Tegan's off doing something else. So you, you, you get that constant, you know, it's not like one individual person is split off in episode one and kept separate up until well, the resolution true. at the end, Terrence, which we get so frequently. Terrence Dudley do any other stories for Doctor Who? I don't yes, know he did. Going off the top uh, of my head. He directed Megalos and he wrote Black Orchid and the King's Demons. Okay. Well, this was definitely his strongest. <laughs> not, not as strong outings for the other two, but not horrible. <laughs> and apparently, right. Peter Davison was not a—he uh, wasn't a big fan of Terrence for some oh, reason. Right. I don't know why. Huh. I don't know why. Particularly, according uh, to especially unhappy with Dudley's work on Black Orchid. Okay. Black, or- Black Orchid has a whole other host. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Sean, uh, if there's nothing else on this, you want to tell us what's coming up next on the schedule? Well, next on the schedule, as you guys have already alluded, we've got a very busy movie week ahead for uh, Flicks with Friends. So we've got... Run me through it one more time. On Conquest Tuesday. of the Planet of the Apes, Tuesday at 11.30 Central Daylight Time, p.m. And the then, Wolverine on Wednesday at 11.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time. And then and we give you Thursday off. You get Thursday <laughs> off. And then Friday Night Who this week is Dalek with Chris Eccleston. It's the ninth episode. And yes, I know we've done Dalek relatively recently. But we're going to do it again. And the reason for that is our show next week. We will be uh, discussing the pros and cons, uh, differences and similarities between Dalek and the story that it was supposedly inspired by. Uh, Big Finish, number 40 in the main line, Jubilee. Yay. So you've got some homework if you haven't listened that to reminds it. reminds me. I did something to else this, week. this weekend. What did you do? I, for the most part, finished up organizing my iTunes stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for anybody that's done it, knows that that's a very that's a satisfying story. moment. It is a lot when of When you work. get to... Now, it's, it'll never be the end, because I will continue to add, but now it's manageable, because everything that was lost, loose, uh, not updated, files were, you know, incomplete or corrupt, or and they didn't have album artwork, and they didn't have... Maybe one song didn't have the right artist or did have the right artist, but was in the wrong spot. Or the you tracks know, were in the wrong sequence. The tracks sequence. were in the wrong <laughs> sequence. I've for years been going through and doing this with a lot of bumps in the road where I've lost data and I've lost library updates and things like that. And so I came to that point on Saturday where, Saturday night, that I got to the point where I was like, I'm done. <laughs> Everything else from now is maintenance. So, sorry, I had, to say, I had to throw that out. The reason I said that is because I got all of the big finish that I own. I got that all uh, worked out and organized within my audiobooks because a lot of times those that ends up in my they, music weird for some places, reason. Yeah. yeah, and so some of that stuff was scattered around. I got that taken care of. And, and there's nothing more annoying. Jubilee was one of them. Nothing more annoying than hitting a playlist and just kind of going no 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 no, and you're on random and shuffle, and it's going from song to song to song, and then all of a sudden. Some weird noise happens, well, and you're like, "What the? Oh, this is a big finish, isn't it?" <laughs> I, I had one of those. I had one of those big finishes that started with the music, didn't have a pre-opening sequence, and I was listening to uh, my playlist one time when I was mowing the lawn, and I was out there, and the seventh doctor or the sixth doctor's theme came on, fifth and sixth doctor's theme came on, and I went, "Why do I have this?" And on a, it wasn't even a playlist; it was just on shuffle. Just on shuffle. I was like, "Why is this in my music?" Uh, okay, I must have put the Doctor Who themes in there and didn't skip shuffle so I'm mowing a lot and then all of a sudden something some action starts happening and I went oh this is one of the big <laughs> stories <laughs> anyway go ahead. No, no offense big finish I'm sure that there are plenty of people that like to listen to you yeah, while, yeah, while, while, while they, they mow actually I, that's what I do now is I listen to audio stories when I mow but go ahead uh, for the record we have not done Dalek since February 3rd 2012. <laughs> Friday Night Hill. <laughs> so really? What, what you're thinking of is we recently did the Southern two-parter, and then many of us went on into Dalek afterwards because it was next. 2000? Did more when? than 12? More than two years, February of 2012? According, no, according to our website. We did something in 2013. According it, to sure our website. I clicked Dalek under the tags. If we did it, we didn't tag it on our website. Oh, no. Well, that's possible, although I try to tag. I, I do, too, for Friday Night Who, and, and Sean, I create the Who post. Sean tends to over-tag, but that's okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just <laughs> that's going to bother him It's going to bother me. Well, I know we've done it. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Did it recently. 
What else? We're doing Dalek and Jubilee, and then what's beyond that? Do we have anything? Um, stuff and things. And things and stuff. <laughs> After Dalek and Jubilee, we have uh, the Caves of Adrazani on the 30th of May for Friday Night Who, followed by an entire show about the Caves of Adrazani. I'm so happy we're doing my favorite classic Who story. Followed by The Twin Dilemma. I'm so sad we're doing my least favorite Doctor <laughs> Who story. Followed by The Twin Dilemma and ebook number six, Something Borrowed. And that brings wow. us all the way up to the beginning of June in episode 180 and kind of in a holding pattern until we get this confirmed nonsense ironed out as to whether or not the show's coming back in July. <laughs> well, we don't hear anything until July, though, unfortunately. I will post more as we get just a little bit closer. We'll, we'll, we'll probably play it by ear and throw something. You managed to together. keep us usually about three weeks ahead of time. There's only been a few times that we've been less than three weeks no. out. So, well, you know, at least in July we'll have an ebook at one point. That's I don't know. True. I'm between classes right now. I should probably schedule it out through 2016 and just. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done that before, not that far in advance, but you've done that where you've done almost a full year. With contingencies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If this happens, then this is the way we go. If this happens, then we our string theory universe goes off to that's, another That's the branching schedule. Yeah. All right. Well, and, and, and in December of 2015, there's a whole month that I've set aside to do nothing but talk about <laughs> Star Wars. So. Yay! <laughs> is there anything else we need to talk about before we close this show? Once again, thank you for listening. I hope you had as much fun as we did. We hope we had more fun than we did. Sometimes it's a little bit more. <laughs> well, I was quite a downer on that one story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if that's going to do it for this week. And as always, the opinions and thoughts of Glenn are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that. He can be reached at Glenn at travelingthevortex.com. If that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Remember when you used to yell at me about saying good night because if they were listening to it during the day, it didn't make any sense? <laughs> You've mellowed. Way back, like, 170-some episodes ago. 170-some-odd episodes ago. Because <laughs> you gave up after the first couple. That's pretty much it. Well, after I said it, I couldn't go back and change it. It was just like, well, that's my thing now. I listen to other podcasts to say goodnight, so... Really? Yeah. Well... <laughs> you have been listening to Traveling the Vortex... Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.